And what an intro that is. What an intro that is. It's it's painful, isn't it, to not hear the riff coming in and instead it's my fucking voice. Hard luck. Sorry about that. Um, welcome to the Slayer Retirement Special Part 1. Um, we have five guests in total. Um, I'm going to put these out exactly in the order they were, that they were recorded because that way the, the, the sort of theme continues as I'm able to reference previous interviews. So, um, so in this episode, first up will be Slayer biographer Joel McIver. Um, next up will be um, uh, Slayer writer DX Ferris. And next up after that will be uh, heavy metal comedian and slayer nut and my friend Andrew O'Neill. Well, they're all my friends. Fuck it, whether they like it or not. Then in part two, it will be um, the, the, the Kerrang episode, um, which will be Malcolm Dome and Xavier Russell, um, both on their experiences of Slayer over the years and, and what they felt. So there you go. That's how it's mapped out. That's how it's going to roll. Um I've been really looking forward to doing this and it's been kind of in the works for a long time um, as I've got everybody together it's it's like taken a while to get everybody um, lined up and you know times all agreed and and everything else so um, here we go this I th- these these um, specials well it's, it's not special it's it's a it's just a bollocast isn't it but um, but you know we've got a special theme and to be honest uh, I'm I'm not going to do too much talking because there's really no bloody need because it's you're going to hear hours of Slayer chat and anything that I say now is just probably going to be repeated somewhere by somebody else and probably most likely repeated by me so um, I, yeah, I'm not going to go any further. I'm just going to go straight in and let's get on with it. Why not? Here we go. First interview, 10.30 in the morning, nice and bright and early, on time as always, the always lovable um, Slayer biographer, Joel McIver. Hello, mate. Hello there. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you very much, you know. What a great way to start the week, Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. Is some um, audio quality going to work for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, man, it's great, yeah. Talk about Slayer. <laughs> hey, good, mate. What's up with you? How's your uh, stand-up career going? Um, I've, I'm going very well, thank you very much. Um, and we're um, uh, in the studio next, well, right at the end of next month, we're going to the studio to record um, the uh, the first Acid Rain album since 1990, so that should be fun. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Well, as you told me, that song that was recorded... Uh, a couple of years ago was the best thing since Rain in Blood, so I'm looking forward to hearing the album. Well, there you go. I'm, I, I should, I should think so too. I should think so too. <laughs> so, are, are you? Uh, I hope you do. Yeah, go on. Go on. As, as, as official Slayer biographer, am I the only person who's who, who's who's bothered you with this retirement talk, or are you are you finding you're getting you know all sorts of bits and pieces coming your um, way? No, you're the only person so far. I've had a few people um, ask me my opinion on Facebook in the form of a post. But right. um, no, you're the only person who's actually bothered to, to ask me on, on the record as a matter of public legal commentary. So I, I do appreciate that, mate. <laughs> Not at all, mate. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you having appreciate you having you on. Um, have, you are you, um... As long as you mention... Um, as long as you mentioned my book, uh, The Hobbit, that'd be great. Ah, right, okay, because I, I thought it was, um, I, I, I thought it was a different book you were pushing this time around. I thought it was um, The Da Vinci Code. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, comedy. How to make one joke last five years. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, ask you. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Are, are, so are you are you connected to? I mean, you know, have you have you heard anything down the grapevine from the Slayer camp, as it were? Because there seems to no, be. I'm not connected to them at all, mate. Right. I've um. Going to any of the final shows? Yeah, I'll go and see them. I think the London show is in November the third, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah. I oh, hold on. Guest appearance. Yeah. If you listen really carefully in the distance, you might just hear a dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what Sorry that provi- that. that produced a really amusing waveform on uh, uh, on the screen from the recording. It's just like this, yeah, just this perfect repetition of a particular noise in perfect pace. Uh, yeah, it's fucking time. repetitive. Yes. Anyway, yes, I'm going to go and see Slayer on November 3rd. I haven't actually seen him for a couple of years. And I've actually turned down interviews with him loads because I'm like, oh, fuck. I cannot. This, they are the band I've interviewed most as a journalist. Oh, really? And, um, believe me, I love I love the music to bits. I've, I have, my fan ho- fanboyness has never diminished, but um, I just can't face talking to him anymore <laughs> about, you know, yeah, because it's always the same stuff. After yes. Um, well, so presume... Not only have I been really weak about meeting them when I've been offered, I actually haven't been to see them lately for a while. But I will go and see the old boys check out in November. So you uh, so you've 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 turned down meetings as well, have you? <laughs> Interviews, yeah, yeah, like for magazines. Right. Okay. Because um, you know, I'm, I'm the editor of Base Guitar Mag, and uh, we put Tom Mariah on the cover a while ago, but I sent a mate over to do it. I just couldn't face in his room again. I mean, I've interviewed him like nine times. Right. So I just couldn't do it again. So that's that's kind of pathetic of me in a way, but on the other hand, I still love them. Still going to go see what they can do. And it's been funny, actually. In the last few... Um, I've watched a couple of YouTube clips of them on tour now, and what's funny is that Tom has lost a load of weight and he seems to be really enjoying himself. He looks 10 years younger. Yeah. So I don't know if you've noticed that, but the, obviously the, they're really... Really, really enjoying. Um, the, he's really, really enjoying the kind of final, final tour. It's great. It's good to see. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a, that's an important distinction to make. The the little phrase you finished off with the final tour, um, because it's it's very much being. It seems to very much be uh, being able to the final tour, the final world tour. It's the final time we're going to tour the world. I I got a funny feeling that it's not necessarily the last time we might see Slayer in the UK. Um, um, I, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Um, Tom has been massively pissed off and ready to stop touring since like the nineties, mate. Yes, and, um, I know that because every single time I've interviewed him since then, he said, "Oh God, I don't know how many more times I can do this." Yeah, and uh, not because not because he's fallen out with anyone, just because no? the strain of touring and being away from your family is terrible. Yeah, um, no, I, I mean, I, no, I, they I... might they might do the odd gig here and there, you know, like Sabbath might Sabbath might come out and do the very odd occasional gig, but they won't tour. No, but anyway, they won't tour. This is it. This is the end of the line for Slayer. Well, I think, um, but I do think we might end up seeing them in the UK if, for instance, Slayer were offered something like you know a headliner a headline one of the nights at uh, Download or something like that. Yeah, they might. Yeah, you're right. They might do a one-off festival headline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's purely something that involves um, money. Yeah. Well, yeah, basically, <laughs> um, because it's all very well. well. I mean, you know, you're in a, it's just they're running a business, aren't they? You know, yeah, running, running a band is so bloody hard, as you know. Yeah. That, uh, you know, when when the giant offers come in, you might as well take them. I suppose. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's the thing is as well is that there's 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 all very well retiring and the notion of retirement. 
and then there is actual retirement. Um, oh man, that, that's really deep. <laughs> All I'm saying is that when you're not retired, it's it's very easy to think that sitting around doing fuck all is the way to go, and then suddenly well, that's the whole other up... thing, isn't it? They're not going to retire from making music, or they're not going to retire from doing. All right, let me rephrase. They're not going to do nothing. Kerry King will continue a band with Paul Bostaff. I guarantee you that, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I'm agreed on that. Uh, Tom will retire to his farm in Texas, but you got to run. Yeah, a farm, right? That's not like doing nothing. Um, and he's a grandfather now, so he's got lots of things to occupy his time. And uh, Gary will go back to Exodus without doubt. Yeah, yeah, but there's also going to be property taxes on that um, on on that farm. Um, there's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. I, I, I look. I, I genuinely think. I think Slayer could be the very first band that we'll ever see that has a hologram of one of the members, but that person is actually still alive. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll actually see we'll actually see Slayer with a hologram of Tom. You know, yeah. playing play at various I asked, him, I asked him in something like 2002 if he was wealthy enough to retire, and he said, yeah. Um, and uh, it's a question I quite like asking musicians, actually. Yeah. I don't want to say how much money have you got, but I like saying, look, are you financially set so that you can retire? It's always a really interesting question because in the music industry, there's always way less money or way more money than you think. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So for example, I asked Michael Anthony of Van Halen, right? And he said, well, I could have retired in like 1983. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then I asked Les Claypool of Primus the same question, and he said, right, I could retire and survive, but I don't want to just survive, you know? I want to like run my studio, and I want to make films, and I'll travel the world, and I want my kids to go to college. So there's a big difference between yes, I've got a million bucks put aside from 20 years of touring um, and having 10 million bucks put aside. You know what I mean? I think that's the kind of level of stuff that people are talking about. Yeah, I think um, basically what we're saying is... Paul Weller's studio a while ago, and um, he's got seven kids. (laughs) Wow. So he's not returning anytime soon. And Paul Weller's going to be worth a fair bit of money, right? In fact, I know he is because I've seen his studio. Yeah, absolutely. um, A guy like that, when you've got all those people who've got kids and grandkids and there's millions of them, you know, you're not going to sit at home with nothing. You need to be earning the money. Absolutely. Not like me and you, mate, sitting in our millions. Like well, there you go. There you go. And that's, that's, that's exactly it. But, um, uh, yeah, basically what we're saying here is, you well, know, no, no one in Slayer yeah, okay, cool. no, no one in yeah. Slayer has got fuck you money. No one, no one in Slayer has got, like, you know, fuck you, I ain't going to do it because I don't need the money money. Um, no, I think they've got stupid money. I think Kerry's quite um, wealthy. Um, uh, and I know that again because I asked him. And he said, yeah, he probably couldn't retire because he goes out too much. And he's kind of laughing about that. But no, he doesn't have kids, doesn't have dependents. No, um, be, and he just has, they, just has snakes they, um, to raise. Yeah. Well, exactly. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Look, the big question to me, the point of this conversation, I think, and the point I would like to make is, Go on. Um, are they doing the right thing, right? I mean, you're probably going to ask that anyway. Are they doing the right thing by calling it a day, packing it, packing it all in and, and going off the road? And my answer is, yeah, absolutely. What a... Uh, uh, an unexpectedly dignified thing to do. Tell people that you're jacking it in. Um, you could argue that they're not quite at the peak of their powers or the height of their game because they no longer have Dave Lombardo and Jeff Hanneman with them. Um, or you could take the opposite view and say, no, actually, the current lineup is amazing. Either way, uh, the, the band is either at the peak of its powers or not very far from the peak of its powers. So retiring gracefully at this point is great. What a good thing to do. You know, we never saw Slayer kind of diminished to some sucky, rubbish band who can't play and is playing these tiny little venues um, because their commercial day had, had, uh, had gone. So we're seeing Slayer go out on their own terms playing massive venues with a, with a highly functional lineup, which I think is a great outcome. 
Um, uh, yeah, and I've got to be honest, I, I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast here. I'm not sure I would have got round to that question, although I'm, I'm glad you asked it, but I'm not sure I would have got round to it purely because yeah. every single person that I speak to pretty much agrees with what you said there and I and and I'm one of them um I think it is yeah. incredibly refreshing for a band to have good thing to do in it yeah good, Sabbath did the same thing absolutely you know, they, but, you know. they finally did it thank god I know Sabbath have done retirement tours before and no one took them seriously but this is it they're not going to play again apart from the odd one-off special well you mean like possibly the Commonwealth Games if uh, in Birmingham so I saw that interview yeah and I think Basically, if you're a journalist, right, and you say anything to someone, they can't say no, can they? So you, me or you could have said to Tony Iommi, yeah, would you play, uh, like, the next World Cup? And he'd have to go, well, I wouldn't say no. And then the headline on Blabbermouth yeah. is, Tony Iommi's up for playing the next World Cup. You know, yeah. the whole re- you know the thing about um, uh, Pantera possibly reforming with Zach, Fyld- Zach Wilde on guitar? Oh, you mean the There's one that's never going to happen? No, it's not going to happen, but the whole reason it was even a conversation was because some journalist just said to Zach, hey, Zach, for a laugh, right? If they said, would you reform, you know, would, 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 you, would you, like, do it? Would you do it? And of course he's not going to say, no, I'll never do that. He went, oh, yeah, yeah, why not? And then suddenly the headline on the web is, Zach Wilde wants to reform Pantera and take that. Yeah, it's all silly. I know, absolutely. Journalists like, like us have a lot of silly power in that sense. It's kind of pointless. Well, it's just clickbait, isn't it? But, um... But no, no. But well, ultimately, no. I'm really, um, I'm, I'm really pleased they're doing it. I think it's, uh, you know, up for all of the reasons you mentioned. They've got a functional lineup. Um, you know, uh, Repentless is a is is a decent record to go out on. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Not um, the best, but it's good enough. No, and I must, I must admit, I was listening to it the other day, and um, it's kind of. You know, you know when you, you you sort of you know you listen you get something you listen to it and you go right that's that you know that's that album and then uh, and then you go back to it sometime later and you go oh right maybe maybe it's not the album I thought you know there's there's a there's... I, do. I do I get that I remember um were you ever into Celtic Frost oh yes did you hear their album Monophist that came out in two thousand and six I I did and it was just too it was just too tough a nut to crack for me yeah sure right so I reviewed it from. Metal Hammer did a massive review because they wanted it to be their lead review and I listened to the album a few times and I thought oh, it's not really doing it for me um, well, I, I can't really get into this and I wrote a review that was largely negative um, I didn't slag it off I mean I, I gave it my reasoning and said look this is why it doesn't really work you know what I mean and then I listened to it a few more times after that and oh my god it grew on me right yeah. and I was like oh no and I couldn't stop listening to it and I loved it <laughs> and to this day it's one of my favourite albums ever right uh, this is the funny thing a few years later uh, Thomas Fisher like the singer um, phoned me up because he wanted me to do the foreword for a book he was writing. Yeah. Of course, what a massive honour, you know. I said, God, you know, of course, I'd love to. And while we were on the phone, I said, oh, and by the way, I'm really sorry about my review of Metal Hammer of your last album. And there was this kind of silence, and I could hear him clicking on his computer, and he pulled up the review uh-huh. right, uh, while he was on the phone to me and started reading it back to me uh-huh. and laughing, right? Hold on. And we now have a dog-inspired break. For those of you who have dogs, you'll know what Joel is going through at the moment. For those of you that don't, um, this is why you don't have a dog. <laughs> and, yep, there it is. That's me on the other... Yep, that's, oh, that's great. And this is what you tuned in for, isn't it? 
This is the best part of the interview. Yes. There we go. Really like ideal interview scenario here. Yeah, that's that's fucking perfect. That really is. Are you going to be able to edit all this bollocks out? Oh no, I'll leave all of that in. While you were looking after the dog, I was having a chat to the listeners about why this is. This is if you have a dog, you know exactly what's happening now. And if you don't have a dog, this is why you don't right. have a dog. So the funny you thing know. is, is that Tom Fisher read, read that review back up. Yeah. Me right. And uh, he was laughing, though. He was, it was all in good humour. He was laughing about it. Yeah. And uh, Which was good, because I didn't want to piss him off, because he's a friend. And, uh, but that was just funny. Imagine having a sort of real hero of yours read back something negative. Yeah, it's, it's, read it back to you while pissing themselves laughing. To be honest, it's, oh. it's, um, it's, or it, is, it is like um, uh, an unfound episode of... It's like a lost episode of uh, Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah, totally. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, the comedy yes. was very, very rich. Yes, yes. And it was awful. And what was much, much worse was that I really liked the album, right? That was it. I couldn't even stand by my original review because the review was written and I totally changed my mind after. So the short answer to your question is yes. I have heard albums and disliked my first and then yeah, it... actually Repentless is the same. I'm having the same experience with Repentless. I thought it was average and now there's, there's some good stuff on there. Yeah, I, 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 it's got, it's got better for me. It's definitely got better for me. I'm still not, I'm still not sure about the production, but, um, yeah, you know, it's the the only the only thing I'm uh, I'm kind of like I don't know I, I I agree with you you know you don't even have to read between the lines if you've read interviews with Tom over the years you've known that this has been coming for a while, um, yeah, yeah, and and it's almost like Kerry in interviews is almost trying to trying to keep the whole thing going trying to jeer along and going oh well you know I've I've got stuff for another album and blah blah. And it's almost like he's hopefully putting that into in that in in interviews to keep the whole thing going. Um, well, you know, his motivation is different. You know, I mean, Tom wants yeah. to jack it in, Kerry wants to keep playing, and you know, he's a little bit. He's, I think he's three years younger than Tom. He's just more <coughs> to life on the road. He doesn't have kids and grandchildren like Tom does to keep him at home. So there you go. Yeah. So you know, interesting, so interesting uh, sort of set of circumstances, really. Well, it, it is because uh, the thing is, surely. Um, it still leaves the door open for, for well, for another Slayer album. I mean, it just doesn't have to have a world tour behind it. No, they won't do another album. Yeah, I think so. I reckon, my, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that Kerry and Paul, and possibly Gary as well, form a new band, right? And call it something, I don't know. I don't know, call it something like, I don't know, Devil Star or something. And um, get another singer who could be Phil Anselmo or someone like that. And uh, form a band and go out and just carry on. That's what I reckon will happen. That would be interesting. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, especially... Spe- you know, there's too much, there's too much uh, capital tied up in the brand, in the Kerry King brand and, and Vostaff brand, not to use it in some interesting way. Um, and it's been done before, you know. Uh, look at, you know, the, the, the change from Cold Chamber to Devil Driver. Look at... Um, the, the Pantera to Damage Plan thing. You know, bands can rise from the ashes of other bands. Um, yeah. As long as they don't mess about, and as long as the music is good, you know, people, and they put on a good live show, and people will always want to see Kerry King play. Um, so I think, uh, I think there will be a future, an active touring future. But I'm sure, mate, Tom is completely done. He's had enough of the tour bus, and you can't blame him. I've seen him backstage so many times, and he just looks sick of it. Yeah. And um, just, and I get it as well. I hate being on a fucking tour bus. Have you ever been? Oh, you've been on them. You've torn them. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting, <laughs> knackered. The food is shit. You never get a shower. 
Um, all you think about is getting home to your own bed if you're someone as pathetic as me. And some people love it, right? Some people can't get enough of it. And they're like, oh, man, I hate being at home, love being on tour. That's, that was never me. And uh, it, apparently it's not the same for Tom or I either, at least not now. I mean, no. what is he now? He's born in 61, which makes him, what, 57? So, you know, funny how. Enough, well, I, th- I mean, uh, as as you say as well, it, it, well, as you say, he's been saying it for years. But I mean, I've I've listened to some audio, in- I've listened to some audio interviews with him as well, and um, mm-hmm. I think there was one about eighteen months ago, and it was just he just sounded broken. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Out, that's why, and his hearing's gone. You know, he's deaf as a post. His yeah. voice probably isn't quite what it used to be. Yeah, it's just fucked. We'll get old, don't we? Well, he also and, and also he said like you know he. Well, he, I'm at bombshell, mate. I'm gonna have to take off. Have we got all right. I've only got a couple more minutes. Sorry. Okay, no worries. Minutes. No, yeah, no worries, man. No worries. Well, look, I appreciate. Thanks for um, thanks for bringing the guest star um, the the, the guest dog on as well. <laughs> I didn't realise I was getting two guests for the price of one. That is really good of you. Yes, mate, definitely. Are you going to literally run this unedited, or are you going to cut some bits out? Um, I might cut a few bits out, but to be honest, yeah, uh, yeah. My, my my guys my, my my guys are used to um, my guys are used to hearing all of the uh, all of the bits that go wrong. <laughs> so uh, that's usually Please all there is. Leave the dog in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a two minute long interview. You'll be in it slightly, that's but it. mainly featuring the that's dog. It. Yeah, leave the dog in. You have more to say, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks okay, for having John, me on. Not at all. You take care, mate. Right. See ya. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye. And there and I. There's my uh, Joel and I doing our usual ju- verbal jousting. Um, uh, really knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy. I, I urge you, I urge you um, to pick up his book, The Bloody Reign of Slayer. Um, it's an excellent read. Um, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be reading that again. Um, and funnily enough, before um, before this, um, uh, I did this special. I spent a, a good week with only Slayer um, playing on my phone, and I just put basically I just had Slayer on shuffle, so it was just all of their songs, you know, everything from ev- well, basically their entire discogra- discography on my phone, um, and just all of the songs on shuffle so it could have been anything at any time and I just uh, just to just to get into the right uh, just to get into the right the right place you know guys you know the right mindset just you know for you that's as close as I'm gonna get to doing homework really is uh, listening listening to nothing but Slayer um, hardly homework now is it really so onwards and upwards let's get on with it um, next up is another Slayer writer Author of um, Slayer 66 and Two Thirds, The Jeff and Dave Years, another absolutely excellent book which I urge you to get hold of. Um, he also wrote a, a book on on Rain in Blood. Um, it and that we, both of which are absolutely super superb. The always wonderful, the always knowledgeable, my mate DX Ferris. Well, hey, what's the uh, what's the agenda here? What are we doing? Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you know, you know me, mate. We'll just we'll we'll wander on through, um, we'll wander on through chatting about Slayer, go off on a few tangents, no doubt, and um, and and then get back to Slayer again. Excellent. So, how have you been, anyway? Um, you you, you were saying you were you were going to be doing an update of the book? Yeah, I'm just doing uh, I'm doing what I call a remastered. Are we taping now or are we? Just oh, bullshit? Ab- no, we're 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 straight in because the bullshit is uh, that's what people want to hear. <laughs> Hello, mates. How are you? 
This is Ferris here. If you're uh, if you're just joining us, um, is, about Howard's age, that's, written a couple that's about a, Slayer. That's terrible. That is that's worse than that's worse than uh, Godless trying to pronounce bollocks. <laughs> Hello, Governor. <laughs> oh dear. Is that? Is, but you know, is, is that the best you can I have, do? You know, there's a reason for that. I cannot do a bad English accent since I spent um, yes. yeah. you people joining us the first time. I lived in England for a year. I lived in a little town called Ware in southern England for about a year when I was uh, about 10, give or take, maybe eight or nine, something like that. Yeah. So since I returned with an authentic British accent, I have since been able to do a <laughs> terrible fake one. Yeah, but not, but not as bad as, as, as most Americans. So uh, that's to be applauded. Well, I've watched a lot of Monty Python and Young Ones. That does so help. That just sank in on a, on a genetic level at some point. Oh, you you hit the sweet spot coming over when the young ones was on. That's that that you know that was when that's when well, that, TV that was comedy after. was, was rev- after. I was around like nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty when Pink oh, right. Floyd was having their big sing- single, and there was the school strike, and oh, uh, I forget whether Thatcher was in office. Mountbatten was assassinated at the time. Oh yeah, blown up on his boat. Yeah, around then, around then. But anyhow, to answer your question, I'm doing what I'm calling a remastered edition of my second of two Slayer books, Slayer, the Jeff and Dave years. Uh, I did the first edition. I didn't really intend to make it a book at the time. It just kind of happened, and I wound up putting it together pretty quickly. Very deliberately, I designed it so it would look like it was done by a uh, slightly slow 15-year-old who liked heavy metal <laughs> and didn't have much uh, much visual talent, but he did it anyway. So I tried to make it look like it was a heavy metal flyer, heavy metal zine, yeah, it, something it, it, like that's, that. And that's what it, it looked like. It looked like something that had fallen off the underground tree. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's Five years later, after I first put the book out, my first Slayer book is now 10 years old. And uh, since the book is still, and I'm humbled and impressed and amazed by this, you people out there keep buying it. People worldwide, people in Britain, people in America, people in Japan. So I thought I would brush it up a little bit. It now still looks like it was done by a criminally insane 15-year-old, but hopefully it looks a little bit gnarlier. Well, also criminally insane. Uh, yeah, nice pun. Uh, not that it was a pun; it was more an associate. But you know, I, I, I like the fact you managed to get criminally insane in there. An illusion. Uh, yeah, eluded. Illusions to. of grandeur. Welcome. <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah. I mean, there is there 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 is a, an appetite for a for a remaster then. Yeah, yeah, there is. And Slayer, uh, of course, I mean, the reason that we're calling is Slayer are on what is allegedly, reportedly, supposedly their last world tour. And we'll talk about the qualifications in that phrase. Yes, we will. But because Slayer are supposedly calling it a day, supposedly calling it quits, I needed to get into the book and uh, adjust a couple of things to make it not obsolete. Yeah. Uh, I say at the end of the book that Carrie King, the team captain of Slayer, I say, and it was wrong, as it turns out, so that's one of the reasons I need to update it. But I say at the <laughs> conclusion of the book, I say that Carrie King would die on stage before he would call it quits. 
and uh, let yeah. Dave Mustaine, the one who's flying the uh, the flag of thrash metal. But Kerry King, uh, apparently his, I don't know if he's the one calling it quits, but Slayer is stopping. And I um, would bet you six pounds and 66, uh, pence. what is it, shillings, pence. tuppence? Pence. Yeah, so, I, I bet you six pounds and change that uh, Kerry's not happy about it. And I would also bet you that this is not the last we're going to see Slayer live ever. Well, it's funny you should say that because um, I had a chat with um, Joel McIver this morning. Um, it's really nice, actually. I'm managing to pack this into a really small small group. I'm sp- I spoke to Joel first thing this morning. I spoke to Andrew O'Neill. Joel is a man who knows things. Yeah, well, I spoke to, and I spoke to Andrew O'Neill at lunchtime. Speaking to you tonight, and I'm catching up with Malcolm tomorrow, and um, and I'm all done. Malcolm Dom. Yes. Yeah. He is a good guy. Oh yeah. Well, he invented. You he have inv- me in there with these guys. He, inv- he invented Jesus, the phrase. What are you thrash, doing, man? He, he invented the phrase thrash metal band. I mean, he's he's a proper legend. I know. I'm uh, bringing the average way down. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you listen. No. Skip me and listen to those dudes twice. Not at all. You 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 absolutely qualify with your. Um, you know, you've written a fucking book on Slayer, mate. So don't do 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 yourself down too much. But Joel was um, Joel was saying basically that. Tom has been done for over a decade. Um, he's he's wanted to be out of the band, um, or rather, he's wanted to be off the road, and uh, he doesn't he doesn't see them doing um, another another tour together. He said, you know, maybe, you know, you might see an odd festival headline appearance appearance or something like that, but anything close to a tour or anything like that, or or any new material for that matter. Um, is is probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, well, you know what? We're, we're we just touched on about three things that require some elucidation. Yeah. So number one, here's the background on what is. Did you talk about this at all? How it is supposedly Slayer's last tour? Did you get into that already? Um, not no, not not really. No. Um, I just kind of uh, you know I I. I lightly broached the subject but Joel was convinced that that's that's the be all and end all and that's that so we did we didn't actually expand on it and I, and I was quite glad because I know it's something that you wanted to uh, to speak on and also having just recently seen them as well okay so this Slayer tour which I saw a couple weeks ago we can talk about that later if you want this Slayer tour is being billed as quote unquote Slayer's final world tour now, there's a lot of room to back out of that and renege on that. I mean, if this is their final world tour and if they do five or ten or two or seven years down the road and they do a North American tour, well, that's not a, a world tour, is it? And if they do an American tour followed by a European tour, followed by a Chilean tour, followed by an Australian tour, well, that's not a world tour, is it? Technically, it's not a lie. They said this was the last world tour. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I see you've really taken this to the nth degree here. So like, yeah. Uh, and no, so, know, so, so, so the next tour will be the last most of the world tour. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, eventually, last time I checked, Tom owned a pretty big ranch. Yeah. Uh, eventually, there's going to be a, a big bill for property taxes. Tom's going to need a little bit of money. Uh, I think his kids are beyond college age at this point, but somebody's going to need something. And there will be, I'm certain, appearances at uh, 
maybe like a West Coast Final Four concert when Anthrax decides to retire or something like that. Um, there will be Riot Fest appearances in Chicago or wherever, Lollapalooza, what have you. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure that this is the not final live shows for Slayer ever. Right. But that said, I think they are pretty much done. I absolutely concur with uh, Mr. McIver. Um, I think Tom has been done for a while. Yeah. Uh, Ten years ago, 2006, 7, 2008, he thought he had enough money to retire. Uh, in 2008, there was a big worldwide financial downturn that yeah. ruined a lot of entertainers' tainers retirement funds yeah. and made them stay in the game for a lot longer than they have been comfortable with. But I think that Tom's heart is not in it, certainly not without Jeff. Uh, his yeah. voice, I think, is – I don't want to say that his voice is shot, but it's not what it used to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, he can't do what he did on stage anymore. You know, well, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's no, I, 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 did, I did read about that. And um, I remember him saying just after the operation, it's like, oh, it's actually it's quite cool. You know, I just get to groove the music and I see more of the crowd and all the rest of it. And then I saw an interview with him about 18 months, two years later. And he basically said, uh, yeah, it, it's just not the same not being able to headbang. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he can't headbang on stage. And that's been, for the better part of 10 years, it's been a long time since he could do that. So he's not headbanging. His voice is not what it used to be. Right before we talked, I was watching videos from the last few years. I saw him a couple weeks ago, and he did no high-range vocals at all. Now, I haven't seen him every show on this tour, but even in Angel of Death, he barely did the, the scream at all. Uh, I was watching, when was it? I was just watching some footage of them in Chile from 2017, I believe. Chile being his home country. He yeah. really gave it the old college try. That's amazing footage. Look for that. But during the 2017 tour, he wasn't doing much high vocal stuff. 2016, not a lot. 2015, based on the different clips that I watched, was the last time that he was consistently going high pitched from time to time. But he still wasn't doing it that often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I you know, look, I, I, I think we're all in agreement. But the the issue I have with Slayer going out occasionally and all the rest is um, I, I don't think I don't think Kerry King is necessarily done. Um, I think he's got more music in him. I think Bostoff has to do something. I think Kerry would still like to write with um, certainly do something with Gary Holt. Um, and Joel, Joel threw in a name this morning and saying, yeah, get those three together, stick Phil Anselmo on vocals, put an album out, tour the world. Yeah, I, that's funny you should mention it. I just had that conversation with, uh, with a couple people. Whenever you talk <laughs> about this thing, everybody says, get Anselmo in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, and, and, I don't know how busy Jason Newstead is these days. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But the, you see, the thing is, my, my point on all of this is that um, uh, whilst I agree with you and, and, and Tom is done and all the rest of it, um, Kerry King isn't and he is not going to sit around on his ass and just get fat. 
Yeah, absolutely agreed. Absolutely and, you know, agreed. And, you know, he's a doer. He's not a thinker. He's not a, you know, he's not a strategist. He's a fucking doer. He does things. He does slayer. And um, and he is going to need to put all of his energies into something. And I think... Yeah, he does have a very good creative chemistry with uh, Paul Bostoff, the drummer. Yes. Uh, the the last put... material that they recorded with Dave was going very, very slowly. It took him a long time to put together the previous album. And in 2013, I think, when Bostoff rejoined the band, they came up with most of what would become Repentless eventually pretty quickly. In like seven months, they had most of the album. Right, and so, if I understand correctly, when they recorded Repentless, they recorded an extra maybe six, maybe eight tracks. And I'm certain we'll we'll see that somewhere sometime. Right. OK, so what about um, so you you were alluding there to Dave being a bit slow, putting the work on what was going to be Repentless. Well, I mean, what made Slayer Slayer was the chemistry between those four guys. And when they were young and when they were living in close quarters and they were kicking ass and taking names and not overthinking things, they came up with a lot of great stuff quickly. And as they got older and they didn't live together and they were further apart and they were not rubbing shoulders and not communicating that much, it, you know, the wheels kind of came off of it. So when Jeff was not there to mediate between, you know, Carrie and Dave and Tom, they kind of fell into some factions and all those things that came very quickly and naturally and instinctively to them became much more of a grind, much more of a process. Right. I got you. So it was more sort of, well, but it basically what it became was King writing songs on his own, Jeff writing songs yeah, on his exactly. own. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, part of what I'm doing for this update with the Slayer book is, um, you know, I see myself doing another Slayer book definitely at some point. Uh, I want to give it some time to see if they stay broken up. Uh, well, for anybody, and how much details any, I can get. Look, for anyone listening to this, the reason you and I even ever spoke is purely because I got I got the book, the Jeff and Dave years. Slayer 60, 66 and two thirds or whatever it is. And, um, uh, and I read that and, and I just read a lot of stuff in there that I hadn't read in any other Slayer books and so well researched and some really some, the stuff in there that, you know, I, I think if you're a Slayer fan and you must be, if you listen to this, check out, definitely check out DX's book. And also if, as soon as this remaster comes out, um, that's, that's, that's a must, that's definitely a must. Yeah, so I'm going to update about Repentless a little bit. Uh, the reason that I'm mentioning this now is that part of what I do in the last book is I total up all the lifetime credits, like songwriting credits. How many songs did Jeff write? How many songs did Tom write? How many songs did Dave write? You know, interestingly, none. Yeah. Uh, and Carrie had, at this point, just a few more than Jeff, but Carrie had written a lot more songs in the 21st century. The Repentless album, and this is my point here, the Repentless album is the first Slayer album that does not feature songwriting credits. It doesn't yeah. say music by King, lyrics by Tom. Doing research as I have been, um, and, I mean, this is not a big secret, but apparently Tom only really wrote lyrics to one song, Pride and Prejudice. And the rest of it apparently is music by Carrie, lyrics by Carrie. 
Now, Tom definitely had an editorial role in taking Carrie's lyrics and polishing them up a little bit. Yeah. Tom is, of course, a Grammy-winning songwriter, which I think chafes Carrie's ass a little bit, understandably. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this album was was pretty much uh, how you how do you want to break it up? Twelve songs, twelve music credits, twelve lyric credits. It's what. 90% carry, 95% carry. Yeah. I'll do the math by the time you buy the book. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I think, ultimately, like you said, you know, he's team captain, he's kept it going. And I, and I, and I you know, I, I said this to Joel this morning, I think Repentless is, a, is as good a note to go out on as any. Um, it's, you know, I think it's as, as good as any since the last Great Slayer album, which in my opinion was God Hates Us All. Um and you know it's they're all much of a much much from from then on for me um your album as far as i'm concerned yeah i mean they have never you know their, their greatness has continued you know the reference points i always make are you know by the 1980s the ramones were very easy to take for granted because they kept making the same record and it was always good but by that time you'd heard the ramones so some people don't like the 80s Ramones albums. Now, if you don't, you're fucking wrong and you should and you don't deserve the Ramones. <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you prefer the first albums, I understand that. Um, same with ACDC to a degree. Yeah, um, very much so. I mean, Slayer, how many Slayer, Slayer, are, the AC, you... Slayer are the ACDC of Thrash, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, how many Slayer albums do you really need if you don't bleed Slayer? I understand. You know, it's, it's not an embarrassing album. I yeah. saw Black Sabbath play in 1987, I want to say, in the Seven Star Tour. And at that point, they were an unimaginable 17 years old, basically, for a metal band. And that was unthinkable at the time. And Slayer, 38 years into their career, 37, 38 they're better than Black Sabbath was 17 years into their career. So, I mean, they're in unprecedented territory. I would rather see Slayer than Anthrax, Megadeth. Metallica are a giant. You know, I don't like what Metallica do anymore, so I'm not saying they're bad. You know, certainly they put on good shows, but I'm not interested in that kind of show anymore. So, yeah, Slayer, I mean, I guess what we're trying to say is it still made a good album even being down a couple men, uh, a couple men, a couple mans. Yeah. Um, still good shows. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, and ultimately, I think, you know, if they were going they're, they're to go out, they're obviously not going to um, put a new album out. Although that's that was the other thing that, you know, we had people saying, well, what's happening? You know, uh, Kerry was talking about, you know, has mentioned another album and getting back in the studio. And he's often said he thought he had Slayer had one more album. Um, and I don't know what's the I know it's hard to I mean, given your research and your um, uh, and your connections, what's the state of Tom and Kerry's relationship at the moment? Because if they've got this far, I just I don't know. I just kind of think Kerry's got to be really fucking pissed off, really. Yeah, th this is an educated guess. I have no inside information. I don't talk to those guys. I'm not friends with them. But I'm pretty fucking sure that there is some strain and some stress in there. 
Slayer, one of the reasons that we keep doing all this conjecture is that they are not doing press for this tour. And they don't need it at this point. It's a pain in the ass. What are they going to do? Yeah. But hang on. I think, can, hang on. Can I, I, can it, I just stop you there? Can I just stop you there? Yeah. My, my thoughts immediately on this, and I wanted to just get this in before you go to where you're going, oh, please. is that my feeling on that is that is a big fucking red flag because that means there's a lot of questions they don't want to answer, which is how are you all getting along? You know, oh, it's your last tour. How does it feel? Um, and, you know, what happens after this tour? I, ju- I just think the fact they're not doing any press means there's there's a load of questions they do not want to answer right now. It's precisely, precisely. I think maybe up to 25% of that is Carrie not wanting to be put in a position where he says, yeah, you know what? I am fucking pissed at Tom. No, yeah. I don't want to quit. Fuck this. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And what am I going to do? What am I going to do after this world tour? I'm going to fucking work on music without Tom, the lazy bastard. You know? Yeah. yeah I'm going to work with people who, who, you know, don't have massive families. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, the yeah, fun, so, funny thing I mean, is what you're seeing. What I'm absolutely certain it is. And, you know, again, with this alleged retirement tour and again you know there's i'm not saying this because i just suspect it you know if the history of rock and roll has taught us anything it is that uh the retirement tours are not final i mean kiss has been on their retirement tour or five or six retirement tours since 1996 fuck kiss our tours did ozzy osbourne do uh etc 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 the press release for this um this tour is worded masterfully you know, all of the supporting acts talk about what an honor it is to be uh, a supporting act on Slayer's farewell tour. But nobody from Slayer actually ever uses the phrase farewell tour. Right. OK. So, again, like if they don't do press, then they're never on the record saying, well, we said we would quit. Yeah. You know, when you're... they come back in five years and say, well, you know, it's just a handful of North American dates. They're like, well, we said final world tour that's what it was so you're basically i mean you're 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 pretty adamant about this aren't you that that we we are going to see slayer playing some shows where whatever part of the world you live in there's a chance you may get you may get a chance to see slayer again yeah i mean it inevitably at some point somebody's going to wave 200,000 or half a million pounds sterling uh, for your UK listeners, in front of their face. I don't know, like, you know the kind of money that these people are getting for festivals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the money that Ween, Ween. Oh, I know. I said Ween. I know. The money that Ween is getting for festival appearances is ridiculous. Oh, look, the, the, look if, you give it, if you give it two, three, five years, right, and somebody at Download is waving a fuck ton of money in front of Slayer that no one in that bank can turn down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, if I'm, if I'm Tom and I'm Carrie and the tour ends with a fist fight on stage and one of us loses an eye <laughs> and download offers me that kind of money five years from now, I'm going to take that. Get mis- uh, get, I'm have, getting you ever, mis- have you ever met anybody that had enough money and was like, nah, I'm all right? I'll tell you what I'm doing in that. If I'm Carrie in that instance, I'm getting myself a robot eye. 
And I don't think, you know, just to, to be clear, I have no reason to believe that things are that tense between the two, but... No, but you know, I, I've got... I've got a, Slayer is Carrie's team. Slayer's yeah. his baby. He has made yeah. this happen in the 21st century. He has personally put the band on his shoulders and carried it when, you know, he had every reason to stop. Um, yeah. He doesn't want to stop. No way. I think I think um, I think there was a certain amount of resentment in there from from King for a while about I'm doing all the work. But then I think there was a realization that and if I don't do all the work, this thing fucking dies tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, which is worse? You know, Tom doesn't write a lot of songs, but as we said, the rare songs that Tom writes, those are the ones that win the awards. That's got to piss him off. I would agree. You know, I don't think he takes it personally. I don't think he's bitter about that. But if you're doing a podcast with, you know, two of your mates and they win awards and you don't, you're going to feel a little bit left out, you know? Yeah. I yeah. Would. Yeah. I, 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 ultimately, like you say, I think um, I also think there's a little bit of um, of a clash here that it's it, it, you saw a little bit of, of it in some kind of monster where Jason was the only one without kids. And and there was a definite there was a definite kind of um divide where Jason had said look you know I'm I'm not having a family you know I'm putting all my I'm putting all my reserves you know into my music um and the rest of them had families and they were all saying well we want to take some time off and he's like well I don't have a time I don't have a family I don't want to take some time off and I want to do this and that's what eventually led him to leaving Metallica um, yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, you know, Kerry and then has, yeah, and then and that Kerry Kerry and Tom has thing a is family. There. I don't want to go too far into his personal details, but Kerry has family. He just doesn't have like kids at home as such. But he's not yes. like a young single guy either. No, no, no. I, I, I know, I know what you're alluding to there, and no, but I, it, ultimately, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the family, kids going to school, college, etc., and that kind of yeah, sort of patriarchal arrangement back home as much right. as Tom does. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, and again, like I said, I just think there's a little bit of a factor in that as well. Um, Have they been to Europe yet? They're, are they coming there later this summer? It's uh, They're coming in uh, November. November, okay. Yeah. It's been, it's been a pretty static set list this time. Like, they're playing 20 songs. When I saw them, they didn't even do an encore. They ran through their 20 songs, show was over, that was it. Wow, really? Uh, the, the pretty static set list for the American shows, I've looked at quite a few. They open up with delusions. Spoilers here. Spoilers, if you're planning to go see them. And maybe the European set will be different. But the set list is Delusions of Savior, the instrumental that opens up the new album, right into Repentless, uh, Blood Red, Disciple, Mandatory Suicide, Hate Worldwide, War Ensemble, Jihad, When the Stillness Comes, Postmortem, Black Magic, Payback, Seasons in the Abyss, Ditto Head, Dead Skin Mask, Hell Awaits, South of Heaven, Raining Blood. You know, quick note, Cuyahoga Falls outside of Cleveland, after Raining Blood, I saw some people leaving. I saw some people leaving. What is wrong with you people? Fucking because hell. after Raining Blood, it was Chemical Warfare and Angel of Death. Yeah. How do you go see Slayer 
and not stick around for angel of death. You well, guys are posers. You've been turned into the, the poser patrol. We have photographs. You are being identified. <laughs> There's going to be hell to pay. To be fair, I actually think, well, do you know what? I'm When I see people like that, I just think, oh, good. I know what you're missing. I know what you're going to miss. <laughs> and I'm glad you're missing it. You being here would stop me enjoying it to its fullest extent. Um, that is quite, that that's quite a set list, songs, isn't it? They set up, they played them. Um, there was, this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound like an elitist. I'm going to sound like a prick here. But there was nothing sort of super special about it. There was nothing bad, but, you know, you've definitely done this, right? Like when you go see a band, then you see them uh, a couple shows later, and all the stuff you thought was spontaneous is, in fact, very intricately rehearsed, and it's the yeah. same show time after time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And they don't even go through the pretense of making it seem spontaneous like anything is happening right then right there they hit the stage they go through this finely oiled finely tuned mechanized set go through all the songs do the motions they do they do the thing um background visual stuff is amazing we can talk about that more but then they play the show when it's done you know nothing spontaneous happens nothing out of key it's all there it's a machine it's is there is there any There's nothing um, surprising about it. Is there is there any kind of um is there any sort of Tom raps? Does he engage with the audience? Does he say like, you know, thanks for the support all the years or anything like that? No, you know, Tom the night that we saw them, I can't say that he has not done this at every one, but none of the classic stage raps are there. You know, he doesn't even do the uh before post mortem. There's not the there are many ways that one can achieve death. This yeah. one is called post office. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't do that. Um, yeah, necrophiliac is not in the set this time, but that would have been. You, you would think, you would think that they would maybe bust out necrophiliac for the farewell tour. I think, you know, I, to be honest, I think, I think Tom stopped doing that um, uh, post haste. I think he got that out of the set as 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 soon as. Uh, uh, as soon as he could. Um, yeah, you know, again, part of what I'm doing, I'm not trying to turn this into a gratuitous plug, uh, but part of what I'm doing for the update of the book is I'm doing a short book report about a book that Tom's sister wrote. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Tom's sister wrote a book called Bloodline, which is not out of print, but it's not hard. It's not easy to find either. And the book Bloodline is primarily about her family and her father. And maybe... 25% of the chapters, it's not a big, thick book, but maybe 25% of the book is about the Slayer years. And her father was a very devout, very faithful uh, Catholic person. So the iconography was very religious, or the, the religious iconography of the Catholic Church is very important to him. And uh, he was very supportive of Tom. You know, he helped bankroll some of the early recordings. The band used to practice in his garage. But when Slayer started using the upside down crosses, that really upset him on a personal level. And, um, you know, Tom is not as religious as his father was, but Tom, you know, apparently has some spiritual beliefs. He's pretty private about it. So certain things like that, like if necrophiliac rubs him wrong or they, you know, try not to use as many upside down crosses, I think that scans with what we know about him. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's but no none of the stage raps were there this is let me make this note real quick i did write down what tom said after after the show after it was all done and the lights were up tom said thank you very much i wanted to thank you for spending so much time with us thank you very much god bless you that was the last thing i heard tom mariah say on stage god bless you that's quite interesting yeah it is interesting yeah, I think that that does sound. Um, I don't. I, I. I. You know. I. I. I know he's made a few kind of. You know. Oh, bless you all or whatever. But he's never gone full out with, you know, God bless you, before that I'm aware of. I've certainly never. No, seen that's it. that's the first time. I mean, I heard that. I was walking out, and I was like, "Well, stop!" And I wrote that down exactly, because that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, I, I think it's. You know, Dave Lombardo is also a lapsed Catholic, I believe, but he has the same kind of Catholic thing that Tom and, you know, to a lesser degree, I do rattling around in the back of my head. And once you get that programming in as a Catholic, it never, never quite leaves you. Uh, so Dave had you know, faith on some level. Uh, Hanneman, I, you know, in the book, I haven't quoted saying where he doesn't believe in God either, but he's not as aggravated about it as Kerry King is. <laughs> Kerry King, very, very aggressive atheist. Yeah. Uh, not the real literate kind where he's done the reading and thought about it. Just religion pisses him off. Fuck you, fuck your God. And that is pretty much the thesis of 90% of Kerry King's stuff. Yeah. In fact, you know, sitting through the concert, you know, the final world tour, the set list, it sounded like Kerry King saying goodbye to everybody you know it was all these carry songs uh repentless that's carry saying this is who i am this is what i'm about hate worldwide um it was very much like carry saying goodbye and not tom so much although pretty much the opposite of that is what i suspect is true yeah yeah but then again there is such a vast there is such a vast amount of carry songs to choose from as we've as we've spoken about um, and let's be, and let's be honest as well. I, I you know I think it's I think we can say this now without fear of reproach. Um, Jeff had been pretty much phoning it in for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean he wasn't even phoning it in. You know, if you look at at the credits that he did, you know, something that is interesting to me is that, you know, I'm in, I've I've written a couple um, motivational how to books. You know, I say that. Um, when I, I write about anything, whether it's politics or thrash metal, my central question is not so much, what's that like? You know, not like, well, you, you wrote Rain and Blood, what's that like? You were on tour, what's that like? Um, the most recent book I wrote, a book about an American rock band, Donnie Iris and the Cruisers, you know, it's not, what was it like to be in eight 1980s arena shows? My question is always, how did you do that? You know, how did you make that happen? How did you write that song? Yeah. And what works for you when you're 20 is very different than what works for you when you're 25 and a lot different than when you're 30 and a lot different than when you're 55, uh, closer to 60 like Tom is now. So it's interesting to me that bands will always say, ah, eh, we're just doing the same thing that we always did. Number one, you're probably not. And number two, if you are doing the same thing that you always did, but you're not getting the same results like Slayer, um, 
you're 50 now, you're 55. You got to do different things. You can't just write the first version of the song because you haven't been touring for five years constantly and your brain is just warmed up and you're ready to go. Um, the first draft of the song might not be as good. You know, I think we can look at the Slayer uh, Repentless lyric sheet and, and agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, it's interesting what you said about the um, about the like you know it's it's Kerry saying goodbye, not Tom, whereas Tom is literally saying goodbye. It's got to be a funny old dressing room if you're Gary or um, uh, or, or, or Paul, really, because you just kind of wonder if it, if there's like if there's camps drawn there, you know? Yeah, I mean Paul is definitely Slayer, or Paul is definitely Kerry's guy. Those guys work together. They have a good creative chemistry. I'm sure Kerry tells him what to do. And if he would say, hey, run through that brick wall right now, he would have to go do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they used to, sure they used to room together, to, didn't they? It's a good they? gig. And I don't mean that as a negative thing at all. You know? No, not at all. But they used to room together, didn't they? First time around when Bostaff was in the band first time around, they used to room, with, room together. I don't recall offhand, but that's possible. Yeah, uh, you know, I know uh, Gary was you know, Gary was always a big fan of Gary, so that's got to feel like having one of his guys in the band. And Tom has got to feel very outnumbered. You know, the thing that probably broke his back as as a member of Slayer was Tom or uh, Jeff dying. Yeah, you know, Tom just was not into it once Jeff was gone. Well, I also think there was a there was a a, a massive. I mean, if you saw any interviews with Tom around that time, or or you heard. It, and and even after the time, he he was quite clearly still in shock months, months, months later, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and he he was the one saying, I don't know if there's a future for for Slayer, and that certainly seemed to rub Kerry the wrong way. Yeah. And, and I, Kerry, to his credit, has no quit in him. Kerry's not going to stop for nothing unless you make him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, ultimately there's this kind of like, A, that is to be admired because of what has been achieved up to now. But without Tom, it's then a case of, right, OK, well, if you kind of still want to keep driving the Slayer bus, you can't really do that. You know, you've just about managed with 50 percent of the original lineup. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. He is he is basically going to have to do something new. Right. Um, if he wants to stay relevant and be, because he ain't he ain't getting invited to guest on shit by anyone, and to be honest, he's not the kind of guy to go out and do it anyway. Um, and he doesn't want to join anyone else's band, so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do his own thing. Yeah, we're talking about Kerry now, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Kerry will definitely launch something. I, I would not be shocked if Carrie kind of pimps out Slayer stuff over the years as he needs to promote his, you know, much like uh, when Anthrax needs a little jolt, Scott Ian will suddenly bust out some old SOD material or new SOD material. Um, yeah, I can see or I can see Carrie doing a book or something like that, a photograph book uh, of yeah. Slayer stuff. Uh, right around the time that he just happens to have a new EP or album or whatever coming out. Yeah. What about creating? And how do you, how do you, that's fascinating because you, you'll, I'm sure, have some good insights on this. How do you debut a new project in the year 2018 or 2020 or whatever it will be? Yeah. If you are Kerry King, the elder statesman of metal, the hellion from Slayer, 
the guy who's been doing it for 37 years now. And now you have to be the first one of the big four to step out and say, I have my band after Metallica. I have my band after Anthrax. He's going to be the first one to step out and say, okay, I'm Carrie King. I'm 55 now. I got something new. How do you do that? Do you record an EP? Do you try one song? Do you commit to a giant album and spend too much money on a record nobody's going to buy? Um, I think, what do you do, Howard? I think if you carry King, because it's, it's it, what that is what we're talking about, if you carry King, as opposed to how you, how I would do it. And I think Kerry King will, he knows, he knows no different. He will just be like, okay, get my fucking... Uh, I'm I'm getting this shit together. I'm going to get 12, 15 songs together. Going to go in the studio and record them, and then put it out. Um, I think from as far as he's concerned, I've got my audience. It's old school Slayer fans. Old school Slayer fans will buy, um, uh, you know, this shit, and they're only going to be interested in an album. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's and that's what I, I you know I don't, I don't see him, you know I don't see him learning any new tricks. I don't see him wanting to do an EP or anything. It's like I, he strikes me as I mean, or in a more I'm out. I'm either doing an album or I'm doing nothing. Um, and that's you know that's who he is. That's how he works. Um, and good luck to anybody to try and change that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think one of the real disappointments of this record was that Gary Holt was not able to play more of a creative role in it. I mean, he played a few solos, but he was not able to uh, fully write songs to the point where he received credit. And the idea of them working together to do something, I think that would give Gary, uh, you know, s- some much needed creative infusion. I think that would inspire him. You know, he's going to be competitive writing against Gary um, in, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Um, so that would be really something to see. It would. and it, But then you've got the interesting thing because you've got, well, actually, like, you know, you've got, because I'm sure, I'm sure if you're Kerry King, you're already kind of got plans. And if you've thought of working with uh, Gary, then you've already mentioned it to him as well and, and Paul and all the rest of it, which, again, could lead to a more sort of isolated feeling for Tom on this last tour. But um, then you've got Gary Holt going, right, okay, so it's due another Exodus album, but Kerry wants me to work on this album. <laughs> you know, where am I going? What am I doing? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just not sure anymore. Yeah, you know, I mean... Money makes all the decisions here. You know, I mean, Gary would never do anything to leave Exodus until when he had to. You know, he had Slayer money on the line, so he let Exodus do shows without him, which I understand. I'm not judging that at all. So if you're Gary, what do you do? Are you making more money going back with Exodus and playing the shows there? You know, is it worth it to trot out a new band with Gary? What kind of venues are they going to play? Are they playing clubs? Are they playing clubs for really high ticket prices? I don't know. Oh, dude, dude. Right here, I called it. I got the band name. If it is, in fact, Carrie and Gary and Paul, here's the band name. KGB. (laughs) Uh. Carrie or King, Gary, you got to get the G in there. Yeah. Uh, H doesn't really, 
H is already taken, right? Yeah, exactly. And then B for boss staff. KGB. Uh, yeah, it could work. Gary, Gary Bostoff. It? it works. It works. That really could work. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I really do like the sound of that. Um, but um, yeah, no. So I, do you have a ticket? Are you are you planning to see them in the fall? Well, it's funny you should say that. Um, on my last podcast, I was saying like you know, a friend was like because I've been. I've been building up to this saying, you know, I really hope they don't do what they're doing in the States, which is putting a massive bill together to do arenas. You know, I don't want the Slayer's last tour to be an arena tour. And in, in the States, again, the lineup is Lamb of God is direct support under them. And then yeah. somehow under Lamb of God is Anthrax, Testament and Behemoth. Well, over here, we're getting Lamb of God as main support, then Obituary, then Anthrax. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. It's a good show. Uh, yeah, it is. If you like Lamb of God, which I don't. So, um, no, I don't, I don't get them. No, I, I, them. I absolutely don't get it at all. Don't do not get it. But I was saying on my podcast, I just didn't, I didn't want them to do what they were doing in the States. And they, you know, offense to this, they absolutely seem like smart dudes. They seem like good guys. They seem like they get it. You know, the song Redneck shows that they understand who they are and that they have a sense of humor, especially yeah. the video. Just doesn't do anything. No, I, I, I like I like Randy Bly as well. I like his books. I, th I love listening to his interviews. Um, he's a great photographer. But boy, his vocals suck. And sorry, you know, that's just the way it is for me. Um, but... Um, uh, but to go back to Slayer, yeah, I was I was just hoping and praying that it wasn't going to be a big bill, but it is. It's going into arenas. Friend of mine said, "Look, do you want a ticket?" And I was kind of like, "Oh God, you know, do I want my last time to see Slayer being in an arena?" Um, and then I was struck by a very strange feeling, which was that, um, uh, "What was I doing? I was. I mean, I have to go. You know, I." You know, Slayer are one of the tastemakers of my entire musical taste. You know, they they were they were right there at the dawn with Metallica, um, and the two bands that I absolutely freaked on. And I probably wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have started my own band. I wouldn't be where I am now and done all the things that I've done if it hadn't be hadn't been for you know this little kid here getting hold of Shona Mercy. Hello, Eights, and then Rain and Blood. You and me both, brother. You and me both. Yeah, I went through exactly the same process, thinking, ah, do I really <laughs> want to? And, you know, may, may the God Crumb forgive me. I did the math to avoid seeing Testament live. I'm sorry. Maybe that <laughs> undercuts my entire credibility. Oh, um, dear. But my ears aren't what they used to be. I, I got to minimize the damage I take. Um Oh, but, how could I? How could you not see Slayer? Is my point. But how's how how's this for a quiz question then? Um, was it one of the gigs where Gene Gene Hoglan is playing for Anthrax and Testament? I don't even know. Oh right, because you missed them both. Yeah. Right, and and Lamb of God by any chance? No, I caught the tail end of their set. And, uh, you know, walking into the show, I was afraid that I was either too early or too late. I thought they were behemoth. Because <laughs> Randy was just doing his thing, and you know, yeah. was far away. And, yeah, yeah. 
Which, you know, quick tangent, you know, part of my problem with modern metal is that nobody is really doing anything distinct anymore. Nobody's trying to sound like themselves. Everybody is doing like one of five or ten or whatever, like preset metal sounds. You know, this is the kind of vocals I'm doing or this or that or that. And nobody's just going for it the way that a Joey uh, from uh, Joey Belladonna did or Tom used to do. You know, there are no more distinct vocalists. Yeah, there are some, but for the most part, the problem with metal and music in general is that nobody wants to strike out on their own. Everybody just wants to do enough to get in the game and blend in with everybody else. You know, nobody's trying to excel on their own terms. And that's good. And that's, that's not good. I guess it works in the short term. But that's why you need to have, you know, four or five bands that should be of a headliner caliber all on the same tour. Yeah. You know, you have to I think you should be doing something like Ghost does, where at least you stick out your neck and try to build your own thing. And maybe people like it. Maybe people don't. But you don't play it safe and just do enough to to not stick out too much. That's not art. No, I I, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. But I think it's not just. As with most of these things, it's not just metal that you can say that about. You know, it, 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 there's a, <laughs> you know, that, that stretches across many different um, genres of the art world. Um, and, uh, I mean, you, you know, look at the music, in, uh, sorry, the movie industry, for instance. Um, you know, there's so much cutter, uh, um, oh, what's the phrase, cookie cutter rubbish coming out of the, music, of the movie industry as well as the music industry. Um and it, yeah, we're, well, we, we are saturated by content, is what I'm saying. And it's all about content. It's not about the quality of the content. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a real shame. And I don't mean to finish on such a downer, but I am going to. Um, <laughs> and it, look, can you wait there? Because I've got a couple of questions from my Patreon subscribers that I'd like to ask you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But, but uh, hey, in conclusion, go see Slayer. It's a good show. It's not going to disappoint you. I mean, um, they still got it. Stay tuned. Pretty soon in the next couple weeks, uh, certainly by the end of the summer, the uh, the new updated remastered version of the Slayer book is going to be there. It's going to look a little bit different, a little bit more polished, but still sick and gnarly. Uh, I have a new book about Donnie Iris and the Cruisers. Uh, who are, for my money, the best kept secret of 1980s, well, in America, what was Radio Rock? I, I know they didn't make it that far into England. But if you like UFO, if you like Thin Lizzy, if you like Cheap Trick, if you like Power Pop, if you like Slade, Slade covered their one, one of their songs. If you like that kind of thing, check out the band. Go to YouTube, find a song called That's the Way Love Ought to Be by Donny Iris and the Cruisers. If you like that, I got a whole book about their story. Oh, right. Cool. Okay. Nice one, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, abs- absolute so pleasure. Much. Always, um, mate. Always I'm absolutely pleasure. honored that people in England continue to give a shit about what I do. Thank you all. <laughs> um, well, look, man, it's a pleasure having you on as always. You know, sorry, let me, let me make one more note here. Cause yes. I, a couple things. I don't mean to. No, go for it. Keep long. But 30 years ago, who was talking about? fascism who was talking about nazis who was talking about right-wing shit it seemed completely theoretical at the time slayer was 
Um, Slayer with a Chilean frontman, Slayer with a Cuban drummer. Um, Jeff being of German extraction, his father had fought for America, as did Mary Great, as did many great uh you know, European and American people of German descent, you know, there's right and there's wrong. And he was on the right side of that. You know, yeah. Kerry, obviously, no fan of authority, gone amok. Uh, 30 years ago, when it seemed like Nazis and fascism were dead and buried, who was talking about that? Who was warning us? Who was reminding us? Very good Slayer. Point. Yeah. Slayer War. 15 years ago, who was talking about that? Still singing Angel of Death. Slayer was. You know, Kerry King is always fixated on a worst case scenario for authority he hates it and now how many 32 years after angel of death look at what we have in the world now we have literal people with documented ties to american fascists right-wing people white supremacists uh in the white house in america you know it's like something out of a captain america comic book except it's not nearly as cool or entertaining um, I think we are going to miss Slayer's leadership in these few years coming up. You know, without Slayer out there singing Angel of Death, what kind of sociologically oriented elder statesman do we have out there? You know, I'm scared of what can pop up in the void where we don't have a band out there playing Angel of Death. Dave Grohl. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I don't know if that not, not exactly outspoken. smile is going to uh, yeah. damper fascism the way that Angel of Death does. I know exactly what you mean. Ferris, as yeah. always, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, everybody pleasure. out there, keep the faith. Thank you again for your support. I can't believe you give a shit about it. Um, <laughs> have a good summer. Go see Slayer. Cool, Fucking man. Slayer. You too, dude. Have a good one. So um, the only person to have actually seen the uh, the final Slayer World Tour um, on the whole uh, on the whole podcast actually. So um, uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, some very uh, some very interesting views there. Um, a lot of subjects yeah, will keep recurring. So you you will hear you know the 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 Kerry chat you know the always oh, either man behind, that that will come up a lot and you know Tom being completely fucking knackered and basically not wanting to do it anymore that's going to come up a lot as well um, but um, yeah I thought um, I thought DX made some really good points and got some got some interesting views and he, he really is um, you know he's deep deep into the Slayer world and as I said before the two books really really worth really worth getting. Um, and now onto um, on, onto I would say a fan's eye view from Andrew O'Neill, but um, uh, given his um, uh, the history of the heavy metal book, which I suggest everybody goes out and buys. God, this is this is turning into go buy a load of books podcast. But I mean, they they are all a great read. Um, and this one, and, and in Andrew's Acid Rain gets a mention, so you gotta go get it right. Um, but yeah, so um, yes, yeah, Slayer fan, Slayer nut, but also Slayer expert. So let's not mess about. Here's my my friend, metal historian and very funny guy, Andrew O'Neill. And there we go. Hello. Hello. That's better. Cool. So, how's things with you, dude? Good, yeah. Um, I'm writing my new show basically um, at the moment. I've got. I did a preview the other day. I've got an hour, but I need 
to displace 15 or 20 minutes of it with better, funnier stuff. Right. So you, um, uh, is, is that, is that your Edinburgh show? Yeah. Good. How long are you up there for? Um, I'm doing the whole month apart from the weekend of Bloodstock in which I'm doing Bloodstock. Hey, you're a bit of a fixture down at uh, Bloodstock now, aren't you? Yeah, it's getting that way. But it's so what what happens is that every year I do it, or every year I can't do it, the lineup is like a total dream. And but I'm in Edinburgh, being annoyed that I'm being in Edinburgh. And then every year I do it, the lineup is less good than the years I miss. <laughs> and then this year, uh, I was committed to doing a four month in Edinburgh, and the lineup is just unbelievable. With you know Judas Priest, Emperor, who I've never seen. Um, mainly because they seem only to play Bloodstock these days, um, and and then and I was like, oh well, I'll just have to you know commit to doing stand up, commit to commit to the life I've chosen. And then this promoter said, um, oh, we're looking for someone to do this sort of got to host this late night thing. We'd really like you to do it. Here's a decent budget, and we'll give you um, transport and accommodation. And I'm like, cool. So wow. taking three days out on the second weekend. Bang down to Bloodstock. It's my wife's birthday that weekend, so she'll oh. be there, and you know, and it'll just be yeah, it'll be wicked times. That's awesome. That is, that's just all come together for your uh, for your wife's birthday. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, that's brilliant. The Wattain and Power Trip, and you know, reprisal, all that. Oh, so you um, picking up on a name there. So you're um, you're a fan of the latest Power Trip album, then? I love them. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean. Swinging the axe, I can't fucking stop listening to. It's it's like crack. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It, I, I don't know. I just haven't been able to get into the album. Oh really? Yeah, and I know, I no, know, it's, I, it's, I know, I should like it. Do you know what I mean? I know I should love it, but I just don't seem to be able to get into it. Like quite, like quite a lot of those um, <clears throat> neo thrash bands. They do all the things I like about thrash, and because my, yeah, I've told you this before, my. Because thrash vocals vary so widely. Yes. Um, there's some stuff I love, and there's some like classic stuff that I just don't get on with. Like yeah. you know, I don't particularly like Exodus or Testament, or you know, obviously don't like Megadeth, but that's. And <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, I used to think I loved thrash because I liked a lot of thrash bands, and then when I actually kind of went through almost like the canonical bands. Like I actually I dislike more, or you know I I manage not to like more bands than I actually do. Yeah. Um, whereas you know with death metal there's there's a kind of oddly a uniformity of vocal and it's and it's everything else that depends whether or not I like it you know so. Um, yeah. But with with all the neo bands because I think because they have more of a kind of crossover vibe and a slightly more hardcore approach to the vocals. Um, you know municipal waste toxic holocaust. I don't I don't like. Many, if any, of the English ones like Eval, I've never got on with. Um, but yeah, Power Trip just like, and they've got that real feeling of standing on the shoulders of giants. Like they're not doing anything new. Yeah. But what they are doing is just like a bit of you, a bit of you, a bit of you, and they're creating a sound that you know does it for me. I think I think you're very right there. There's, um, I mean, I've I've seen a couple of videos, and they're obviously totally into like you know recreating something original but also it's just lots of doffs of the cap to just about every yeah. you know a, a, every kind of thing that you remember from the the kind of late 80s early 90s um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've been getting but that but that album has been getting huge push and uh, and funny enough I've just looked at it and it's still on my phone I'm going to give it another go I am going to yeah, I'm going to really fucking try 
Um, but th- but that leads us nicely into um, how I, I I just was I've got some standard questions and we can talk sure. at length about anything, but just some standard questions. So first off, um, when did you discover Slayer? How? I discovered Slayer through my mate Charlie, um, who is in he's in the thanks list at the beginning of my book. <laughs> so um, right, uh, yeah, there there are. There are three dudes who kind of helped mould my at school who helped mould my, my taste in metal, um, and basically I was really into Metallica, um, and I I so I, I started with Metallica with the Black Album, and no doubt that had I been a Metallica fan before the Black Album came out I would have hated it, but I wasn't. So <laughs> it was a it was a perfect entry level gateway drug, yeah. and then I just I just went worked backwards. So I went Justice Puppets. Ride the Lightning, Kill Them All, and obviously they get more sort of heavy as you get towards puppets, and then more raw as you get towards Kill Them All, and just heavier and heavier. And I just wanted heavier stuff. So um, I'd heard bits of Slayer. This is this is this is genuinely true, right? This is the first time I ever heard Slayer. In, when I was twelve, I went on a school skiing trip, right, with uh, with my mate Charlie, and we stayed in this this dorm room together with another couple of guys one of whom was called David Hancock, right? Now, David was, the, you know, that sort of guy at school who's, like, angry, just like, <laughs> always just beneath yes. the surface a bit of yeah. anger, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, in this dorm room, uh, you know, so we go skiing and then we go to bed and then we just, like, you know, chat and make each other laugh. And, yes. And <laughs> there's this bit where um, uh, David had talked about his... Um, his cat had died, right? Now, when when you're 12, it's just before you start to have any empathy. <laughs> so, yes. do you know what I mean? Like, when you get to, when you hit puberty, you suddenly start really realising that other people have feelings. But before then, like, you're just like... Yeah. And Charlie said the reason that David's cat had just died was because it was too gay. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 2018, that level of homophobia is not acceptable, right? But in uh, 1992, that was funny as fuck. Yeah. So, right, and then David Hancock did this this incredible thing. So Charlie was on the bottom bunk, uh, on the top bunk, sorry. David was on the bottom bunk. And David climbs up over Charlie and goes, do you want to die, Charles? Do you want to die? Like, which is, like, really fucking awkward because yeah. Charlie didn't. And, like, and then he sort of didn't do anything. It was just, it was like a real kind of curb enthusiasm, office-level awkward moment. Right, anyway, yeah. So from then on, me and Charlie just kept going, do you want to die? Anyway, fast forward 18 months, maybe two years. Yeah. Charlie comes up to me with headphones, and he puts him, and he goes, do you reckon this is David Hancock's favourite Slayer song? And he presses play at his Walkman, and Tom Araya goes, do you want to die? <laughs> And that was the first time I heard Slayer. So Fucking hell. Yeah, that's genuinely true. <laughs> so, um, so, do you want to die, Charles? Do you want to die? And, um, so, um, so, anyway, so I'm like, oh, man, that's, like, I quite like it, but it's a bit heavy for me. You know, that feeling of, like, yes. oh, I want to, I want it, but I want it a bit much. Yeah. Know? And yeah. so, um, anyway, so that was in the back of my mind. And then I got... So I sort of went through Metallica's back catalogue and I'm like, right, I need something heavier. So I asked my mate um, Alex Gargiulo, a guy who actually died beginning of last year. Um, I asked him 
for a copy of Rain and Blood on tape because he was the guy that owned it, right? And <laughs> right. Can you do me a tape of it? He had, the, he had the school copy of it. <laughs> he did, he totally did, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and uh, he's like, yeah, of course. And then I said, because I want, I want heavier stuff. And he went, wow, do you want heavy? And then on the other side of it, he put um, uh, Once Upon the Cross by Bearside, which had just come out. Fuck me, right, okay. And... And then, and also at the end, he put a little bit of the band Sugar Ray. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so side one, so side one is is Rain and Blood. Side with like with the first within the first like two tracks of uh, uh, Once Upon the Cross, and then side two is the rest of Once Upon the Cross with two tracks by Sugar Ray. Brilliant. So I, I listened to that tape just Non-stop. over and over and over and over and over again, just on and on and on, and I like I used to do a paper round. And I'd be out in, yeah. the, in the freezing cold with with my 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 long hair. So I'd have a shower and I'd go out. And my hair would freeze. <laughs> in this back when winters were cold, H, right? <laughs> and, um, and and just listen to Rain and Blood and just be like, in totally and utterly intoxicated by the the atmosphere of it. Just the, yeah. because it's yeah. it's heavy in a in a thrash way. But it has this complete, like you know, the the, the from post mortem into rain and blood, but yeah. just the the feedback and the you know, I I loved it and I was you know very slightly scared by it, but like you know, and and and, and so then from that point onwards, um, I mean that was so at that point their current album was Divine Intervention, right, um, which I still think is underrated. Oh, I I, yeah, I, I can't. I can't do that album. I'm afraid. No. So, what was your last? What was the last one for you? Well, I, I, yeah, that that was a bit for me. That was a real disappointment because the the production's muddy, which is certainly what you didn't expect after um, three all time classic Slayer albums. Um, yeah. I think Lombardo's trying a bit too hard on it as well. I think it's a bit of a drum clinic at times. Um, it just sounds like See, somebody... I, I'm not sure that comes from him. I think that comes from Kerry. Well, I, it's and, like it, and weird, it may do. Like the weird time signature stuff. But it, but it may do. But it, unfortunately, it's still on the album, and it just to me, it sounds like <laughs> boss. You know, it sounds like boss stuff trying too hard with a murky production. The songs are the songs are a bit weak, and yeah, I, I mean, and for that to come on the back of Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, Seasons in the Abyss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it was just a big wet yeah. fart on the end of that. Um, but see, this is the thing. From my point of view, it's a fucking furious, yeah. hardcore, yeah. cross slightly crossover. I mean, like sex murder up that fucking riff. <laughs> I met so the, the, the second time I went to a Slayer signing. Um, first time was in Tower Records, and I just lost my shit. <laughs> I think I told. I think I told Paul Bostaff that he was the best drummer ever, <laughs> which, I mean, talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not, I mean, to quote sort of, you know, that quote about Ringo, Ringo wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, it's like, yeah, well, Paul, you're, you're, the, you're the best drummer in Slayer at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, so that was on the... Um, uh, Diablos and Musica tour, which obviously, I mean, at, at that, I tried so hard at that album. I really, really. <laughs> I don't. Mi- I don't mind that album at all. <laughs> you think, hang on, you think that's better than Divine Intervention? Uh, yes. Yeah. 
Certainly, no, if I if I had a choice know, between the two, total, I'd put that on. That yeah. is total subjectivity, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely you're yeah. disappointed by divine intervention. And do you know what that's like to use a to use a comedy parallel? Yeah, go on. You know when someone dies on their ass, yes, and the audience arbitrarily decides they're going to love whoever's next. Yes. <laughs> you know that when you know when you yeah. you go on after someone's died and the next and you just have a much easier job. Yes. They're like. We're, we're going to prove that we like some comedy yes. by over <laughs> overcompensating for the yeah, next one. Absolutely, really yeah, absolutely. We have paid money for this night, so yeah. we're going to invest more in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah right. So, so, anyway, so I met them at Tower Records, and I've got, like, I've got this picture of, of Jeff um, sticking his tongue out. Um, I asked Jeff uh, if when he wrote Angel of Death, did it feel special... And he just went, oh, that's a good song. Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you ever felt anything ever? Oh, yeah. Not really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so anyway, so then the next time, it may have been the same album cycle, but they played Nottingham. And I, for the first time, travelled for a gig. I went up to Nottingham Rock City, and then, like, and I was hanging around, like, in the club bit, because I, I had like an overnight, like a 3 a.m. coach home or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're doing a signing. So there was there weren't many of us there. So we managed to just hang out. It was really nice. Oh, so I Go up and ha- like really have a chat with them. Yeah. And so I, I said to Kerry, um, who plays the main riff on Sex Murder Art? And he, and he just paused and then raised his hand. <laughs> and I went, is it all downstrokes? And he, and he like, he sort of did that. He looked up and he kind of air guitared it and went, "No, it's all trying to take it." I'm like, "Cool," because I'm trying to learn it, and that was intimidating. He's like, "No, no, you're all right." Oh, um, that's cool. That's like my, that's my, because that's the thing about about him. I think is you talk to him about actual tech stuff. Yes, and that's what he wants to talk about. Yeah. That's what he's interested in. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, you talk yeah. to him about about Satan or drinking or being in Slayer or, and he's like, "Nah, just fan talk." If you're like, so is that all downstrokes? And he's like, yeah. no, no, like, don't worry. And he was quite sort of seemed quite into the fact that I was, um, that I, you know, I wanted to play it. Well, you could go, you can so, go down the other route with him as well. He'll talk about snakes. Is that his other thing? It's, yeah. oh, do you know what? This is like getting your physics teacher talking about steam trains. <laughs> well, he's got, but he's got a snake farm. He sells snakes. It's quite impressive. Really? I didn't even know that. Are you? Um, are you? You're on Instagram. I think I followed you the other day, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try see if you can find Kerry King on um, uh, on, King on Instagram because it's all ever just it's just him and snakes usually and pictures of him and his wife sitting out back and it's got fuck all to do with Slayer. It's really cool. That's amazing. But it's because like Roger Daltrey has a trout farm, doesn't he? Uh, uh, yes, he does. Yes. That that, that how Roger Daltrey. But that is t- how how typical that is Britain and America right there, isn't it? Right there. <laughs> Our guy has a our guy has a trout farm. The American saw, has a snake farm. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Roger Daltrey in Camden, and um, like just walking down the road, and I'm like, "That's Roger Daltrey. I fucking love the Who. I'm never gonna be friends with him." <laughs> yeah. So I just went, "Big fanny work, mate. Cheers, mate." And we carried on our with our day. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was lovely. So yeah, Divine Intervention was the album cycle when I got into it. And I still, I, re- I really, really, really think that album's underrated. I think it holds up. I think it's a, it's right. a superb um, technical thrash album. It's 
it's brutal as yeah. well. I, look, I, I mean, think I think like, you're over egging the pudding. This this is all for my benefit, isn't it? You're really you're really no, saying I've I've got to go I back and check that out. I think it's really good. I, I mean, you know, yeah. and the, the the brutality. I mean, that's that's their most brutal lyrical album. The urge to take my fist and violate of every orifice. I mean, <laughs> that's like that's that almost tops. Auschwitz being the first line, the first word in, on, on Rain and Blood. But you've got a really valid point here because the point you're making, and uh, um, and it's quite right, is is how you view a band has a lot to do yeah. with at what point in their career you pick up on them. Of course it is. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you know, uh, yeah. my, my, my taste for certain vocal approaches has nothing to do with an objectivity about how good they are and everything to do with how and when your tastes are formed, you know? Yeah. Like, I love I love Hetfield's vocals, probably mainly on Ride the Lightning, and up yeah. until Master of Puppets, they were looking for someone to be the vocalist for Metallica. That's right, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I mean, you can't imagine Metallica with anyone else doing vocals, but, you know, they probably would have ended up, like, oh, you know, like, sounding like Metal Church or something. But, like, it, you know, and, and of course your, your, your taste is shaped... Early on, I mean, um, Anton LaVey reckons that the music you listen to when you're 16 is the blueprint of what you're going to love for the rest of your life. And I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. yeah. And it's to do with, particularly when you're a teenager, it's to do with identity, you know. Like, me and, me and my mates, because um, we, we, were, we were totally subjected to that mid-90s, new metal is on its way kind of rejection of, like, Right. What we saw is anything cheesy, so like yeah. leather and spikes, and I think probably you you might have had that in Acid Rain, right? Kind of a rejection of the sort of leather and spikes. What you know? Yes. What obviously, black metal invested in, and like we thought, Napalm Death looked really uncool, and like because they do. <laughs> yeah. What's amazing about them? But I didn't get into Napalm Death till a few years afterwards because we were yeah we were teenagers, fucking idiots, and we're like ah. They don't look cool, you know. Machine Head look cool, you know, but they don't, you know. And and all all of that sort of thing that you and, and I think it was it was it was probably two years later when I really started to form my own. I think we had like a group mentality of what we all liked, and yeah. then they my mates started getting into like Marilyn Manson. I think Manson was the first one where I went, "What? <laughs> Why did you like that?" And yeah. um, I, you know, I dig him as a person, but really, really not my thing. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. And, totally agree. You know, and then and then sort of start getting into uh, like hardcore and stuff. But you know, so in, in fact, talking about hardcore, so um, uh, oh, fucking hell, what's the record? Undisputed Attitude yes. came out, and um, again, I like it. I don't listen to it that much no. because I listen to quite a few of the bands are covering a lot like I completely adore Minor Threat one of my very 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 favourite bands um, and again that album I mean people hated it what did you, what was your take on it? No no I, I, I really enjoyed it I mean but like you I, I knew some of those songs before I heard Slayer versions yeah. Um, you know, I was already a DRI fan. I was already a Suicide right, right, Tendencies right. fan, etc. But, um, but I, I, I mean, I love it. I, I also, I, I love it for a number of reasons. One, I love the fact that they did it. I think it is just. Uh-huh. I think it's so cool. It's such a recognition, recognition of, of where you came from. By that stage in careers, 
you know, a lot of bands are kind of trying to um, airbrush the past and pretend that they're not from where they come from. Whereas Slayer were like, boom, here you go. And there's fucking, you know, the the cover with Ice-T on it is absolutely just savage. Um, uh, We don't want your war, isn't it? Um, oh, that's. I, I don't think that's. Oh that's no, it's no, that's, no. That no, you're right. No, that's no. I know. Yeah, that's off something else, isn't it? That's off. Um, that's off the what's name soundtrack. Yes, uh, that I can't remember the name of, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judgment Night. But there we called, go. Judgment yeah, Night. Yeah, yeah. But I. What I. But what I really love about that album. What I really love about that album is not just the fact that it is like a. a it is what it is. But there is an absolutely humongous, awesome Slayer song right on the end called Gemini. Yeah, Gemini. Which is fucking a brilliant song. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't play that enough. No, no, not even... I, I mean, I, I think they played it on that tour and it's and it's never surfaced yeah. since. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and that was the first... So that was the first Slayer show I saw. Oh, right, um, at Brixton Academy. Yeah. With Machine, with machine Head on. supporting. No, 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 no. That was that that tour. Was that yes? That, I thought that was the tail end of the Divine Intervention tour. Well, Machine Head support, supported Slayer twice on in the UK on UK tours, so it might have been those two. So the one, my one, was at the Forum. It had Fear Factory supporting. Oh, oh, right. And I, so I, I think I think Slayer did did two tours supporting with Divine Intervention. Um, and I, I, what I thought happened was Machine Head did that that tour, that European that first European tour got massive and then came back on their own. But that's my right. that's my anyway. But yeah, it was it was the um, undisputed attitude. They had John Dett on drums, um, and he broke he broke a skin within I think during the first song. <laughs> Kerry said in interviews, "I've I've never seen anyone hit the drum the drums so hard." <laughs> Maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's that's mad. So what was what was he doing in them? Do you remember why he was in them at the time? Had Bostaff gone? Uh, he, he only did that tour, and then I think he did a couple of fill-in shows later. Um, but yeah, that was so. So my, I've, I mean, I've, so I've seen Slayer with three different drummers now. Right, um, okay. I've only ever played with four. I can't remember the name of the other guy. This guy filled in from briefly, but uh, John um, John yeah. Scaglioni, who was the original uh, yeah. original replacement for Lombardo, but never played a show. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah. So and that you know, and I was. So this this was ninety early ninety six. Um, yeah. And and I so I'd been listening to them for two two and a half years, and and like it was honestly like a really experience. It was it. I'd already been to a few metal shows, but this was the first one of a band that I revered. Yeah, and, and I did this thing, right? And I was at the front for the whole show, right? Because my bladder back then was made of cast iron, and um, um, and I didn't really drink much. Um, and I, I remember when they came on stage, just like this adrenaline reaction, like, and I, I, do you know, I miss that. I'm sure you're the same. I, yes. I will never enjoy a show as much as I did when I was 16. No, 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 um, no. And, and. And I did this thing where, while they were playing, I looked away <laughs> and I went, I can choose to look at Slayer now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know exactly how, how, I know exactly how, how you feel. How in the moment, man? Yeah, no, no, too right. I, and I think I know exactly how you feel as well because by the sounds of it, they were, st- they were, one, of, they were one of the bands that, that were a tastemaker for you. 
Um, yeah. And they were a band, as you said earlier, that you felt you discovered they were they were kind of it wasn't a group thing. It was an individual thing. So when mm-hmm. you finally get to see that band as well, there's something fucking extra about it. It's like, you know, these are my yeah. band. I found them, yeah. you know, and, and that's a new experience as well. Yeah, um, and I st- and I and I still I still have it. I mean, I st- like the last the last two times I've seen them, I've been disappointed by the fact that they're obviously phoning it in, which is why I'm excited that they're actually doing a finale tour because I think it will give them a bit of a kick up the arse. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I mean, since <clears throat> obviously skipping forward quite a lot here, but I think since since they lost Jeff, there's just you know, Tom's been saying in the for ages that, you know, yeah. we're not going to do this forever. <laughs> I say this in the book, like, um, Slayer never seemed to have enjoyed being in Slayer. It's a very good point. Yeah. They, they're not mates. They've never really been mates. I think, I think Kerry and Tom have bonded since Jeff died. Yes. But like, you know, Kerry and Jeff fucking hated each other through most of the eighties. Um, they just never, you know, they're, they're obviously been dicks to Dave Lombardo. Um, I think that someone told me the other day how much he was getting paid for a show. It was honestly like something well, like two hundred dollars. I think, but the, the whole Lombardo thing is very interesting. How that broke down, though. Um, you know, Dave, Dave basically tried to hold the band to ransom, and you don't do that. Right. So, as in, they just went presumably he wanted more from from previous record sales and stuff. Um, the only ins and outs I know are, and there's a great book by a guy called DX Ferris, which is Slayer 66 uh, and two thirds. And um, he did a huge amount of research and spoke to people in the background. At the time Lombardo um, held Slayer to ransom, he was also having uh, financial difficulties um, and making payments to his ex-wife. All of these, right. all of this is available in public court records. Okay. And and wife is, you know, on record as saying that David told her that she had he had a plan up his sleeve that was going to change everything. And um, huh. uh, and and ultimately, um, whilst Kerry King took the the flack on that, it was as much mm. Tom's um, it was as much <coughs> Tom's decision to get rid of him as it was Kerry's because Tom uh, didn't want. Uh, didn't want Dave back in the band in the first place. Right, okay. Um, he was very much, you fucked me over once, that's it, forget it. Um, right. And he basically said, look, you know, as regards this one, as regards him leaving now, um, he was just he was just a colleague, you know, work colleague. So he's gone, no biggie. He's fucking not, though. That's the thing. It's the same with this, I feel the same about the Bill Ward thing. Like regard okay, so I, I I see what you mean about you know, and I'll 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 definitely dig into that. But I I know that he was being paid fuck all per show, and he is as much a part of the sound was, of he, Rain and Blood as the rest of them. I mean, you air drum to Slayer more than you air guitar to Slayer. Um, I, one of those bands. Look, I would say that, but he he maybe that figure that you heard. Um, he was also he was also on points for merch. He was on points for merch right. when he wasn't even in the band. So okay. he's earned out of Slayer. He continues to earn out of Slayer. Um, so this is, hang on, let me just say, this is the front man of a band who is now playing with a completely different lineup. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I've got... Let's just have that on record. <laughs> there's, there's, there is a, a slight bit of sting of experience here, eh? I can see where you're coming from. No, you no, know, no not it's, at it's, all. It's, it's interesting stuff. It is interesting stuff. 
stuff. And yeah, and it, you look, know, the, the Bill Ward thing is, you know, similarly. I mean, I'm so I'm so sick that that Sabbath didn't, at the very least, just for that last ever show, go look. We're going to play War Pigs now, and here's here's Bill to play it. You know, yeah. Just just for the sake of fucking, <laughs> let's just do this. The original, you know, the let's let's close on War Pigs and let's get Bill to do it. You know, they could have done that. It was in their power to do it. It, it, it was. I just think that um, there's so so much has been said. Um, I mean, I re- to be honest, I really did feel for Bill Ward when, you know, it, it, after all of this has happened and he's about to go on tour with his, with his own band in the States with a bunch of young lads and, you know, prove everybody wrong. And before yeah. he's even able to get in the tour bus, he's in hospital and having a heart episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I don't know. At the time, I just kind of felt that that was kind of like that was that you could just basically see the rest of Sabbath going. Well, we told you. Yeah. You know, we'll just be warned. Um, I, you know, I mean, that one is is he what he wanted uh, a bigger a bigger cut, and Sharon was like, "Well, I I bought this band." Because she did, she bought the band. You know, she bought Black Sabbath off Tony Iommi. Oh, really? When Tony, when Tony, Tony was was fucked for money, so Sharon, so Sharon basically owns Black Sabbath. Um, and you know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, there are, there are ways of <clears throat> if if Ozzy and Tony can reconcile, right? These are these are people who 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 would you know? I mean, Tony was brutal to Ozzy, and if Ozzy can swallow his pride and go, all right, I'm going to work with this guy. Yeah. Anywho, um, it's funny, isn't it? So, all all metal discussions get back to Black Sabbath, you know, sooner or yeah. later. <laughs> true. They're the template for everything. But so, yeah, uh, yeah so, even even not having the original lineup playing, yeah, uh, it's um, look, it's 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 a fucker, but it it, it is what it is. And um, I got to be honest, I mean, I, I'm one of my favourite Slayer albums is God Hates Us All, which. Um, uh, yeah, you know which, which Bostaff plays on, which I think is a huge, vastly underrated album. Yeah, so you get that. That was that was the period when <clears throat> I was exploring musically so so widely at that point. Right. That it was the first one I didn't buy at the time. Right. Okay. So it, it, yeah, I, I know that feeling. It just kind of passed you by a bit. Yeah. You, 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 if you're really into music, unless you're OCD about it your interest and attention to bands will wax and wane. And, um, you know, I've... It, see, after Diabetes and Musica, <clears throat> they definitely, permanently, took on board uh, a bit more chug. And I think because there were so many bands that did that, it made me less interested in Slayer. Right. You know? Um, which is going to... Over the course of a long career, that's going to happen anyway. The thing that the re- like you know the reason I listen to Metallica is not to hear until it sleeps. The reason I hear want to listen to Metallica is to hear Traps Under Ice, and the same thing with Slayer. I want it, and in actual fact, the Slayer album I listen to most often now is Show No Mercy. Um, right. I listen to that album absolutely constantly. Um, Rain and Blood still my favourite. I still think Rain and Blood is the best album of all time. But Show No Mercy I listen to like bordering on every day. Um, and the 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 later output, it just like it's all all right, you know. Quiet Illusion's all right. Um, I think Well Painted Blood's pretty good. Actually, I was pleased with that record. Um, but it, it, you know, 
it's one of those when you've got when you've got you know I think probably four five records that maybe even six I guess hello wait I don't listen to that much but um, that are so good when you when you go to when you go to the S part of your CD collection what are you going for are you gonna are you gonna listen to Repentless or are you gonna listen to to Seasons in the Abyss you know yeah. Yeah, no, that, no, no. Like, that's, that's a fair like, point. I love Tom Waits, and and, I, and there are records of his I I will never give a third listen to. So when you um when's it, so when's the last sorry I'm just trying to think when are the last when's the last time you saw Slayer? Did you see him at Brixton Academy when download they were around last, last time with Anthrax? It was no it was download last year. Oh right, okay. And how were they? Uh, right, <laughs> they seemed to they seemed to do quite a short. They, I was disappointed at how short the set was. Right. They played Angel of Death, and I'm like, oh, they're playing that early. And then they went off. I was like, oh, no, they're not. <laughs> okay. And it, you know, it was just like, it It really, it's so weird watching Tom not being able to headbang. Yes. Yeah. Although I think his vocal delivery has improved a lot as a result. Yeah, but I, he's like, I, I, I think you're right, though. I, I did read it. I read, when he said it was like... Um, it's it's not been the same. I know when he said yeah. he, when uh, when he first came back after his um, uh, after his operation, he was like, "Oh, I'm just chilling, you know. It's okay. I'm I can groove and I can blow." And then over the years, he's kind of gone. Do you know what? That was my thing, and this is just not the same anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and the, the intensity's gone. I mean, I remember watching Live Intrusion, right? And you know when they, when he when he on that when they do at dawn they sleep. The bit where he just goes into that kill, kill, like the look on his face, the intensity with which he's delivering that, yeah, right, that has gone. Yeah, he, he was so committed, and that you know that was like this. This is the coolest thing. This is just a man repeatedly shouting the word kill with a with a red light under him, just with a dead look in his eyes, but burning intensity, and like, and I saw that like through the first few years I've seen him. So like, I'm trying to, I haven't counted how many times I've seen him. Um, there was, yeah. yeah, so there's the, there's the Undisputed Attitude tour, there's the Diablos and Musica tour, which I think I saw them twice on. Um, I saw them support an Iron Maiden at Earl's Court and that was, that was amazing because they were like, that was the first time for years they all wore leather. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, like just them going, right, we're, we're, we're going to prove ourselves. Yes, that's the, that, that's, that's, that's the last time, you're absolutely right, that's the last time you saw Slayer where they had something to prove. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And which is, which and is kind of what I'm hoping that we're going to get this time as well. I think we're going to, do you know what I mean? I kind of feel like yeah. maybe we're going to get a, we've got something to prove as in, hey, this is the last time you've ever seen us, fucking check this shit out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. It's the kick up the arse they need. I saw him at, I saw him at Bloodstock, um, two years ago which was the first time they played in England after Jeff died yeah and they they dropped the Heineken Hanneman banner but they didn't mention anything about him and yeah. I cried my eyes out um I I was very drunk um, <laughs> thank you for clarifying that Andrew thank you obviously um <laughs> but I was so upset that they didn't mention anything yeah and obviously looking back it's the it's the fucking slayer way of doing it but yeah like, absolutely like just if they'd just gone you know jeff wrote this and yeah. then go into danger death like but um and yeah. that show was like 
just weird to watch. Really strange, like, you know, there's, like, Gary's there, just looking awkward. Did you, did you <laughs> like, feel like, did you feel like when you watched it, did you feel like, yeah, the, the magic has gone? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm, literally, like I'm literally, I'm literally, I'm literally look, like looking behind the curtain at this point. It just felt like it wasn't Slayer. In that same way that, you know, like, you can go and see Tiger the Pantone at the Black Heart. And I'm like, how, what? And then it's like, you look into it, and now it's the guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, and, it, and it felt like, the thing is, I reckon even if Jeff had been playing that show, um, they're still just, you know, I almost feel like they should split up 20 years ago because it, at that point it becomes like, almost like, a, like, why are we doing this? Well, it's it's the only way any of us have ever earned any money. Yeah. That's the motivation. It's not an artistic, because none of the albums they've done since probably um, Seasons in the Abyss have been like artistically nothing's been groundbreaking nothing it's, it's, that, that's the point when they went right we've done, we've done everything we're going to do after this is like a derivation of what we've done before yeah, yeah, do you know what yeah, 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 I, that is a really really fair point I'm sat here and I'm thinking you know uh, although I although I did just say that I, I did love and I, and I think it, the last the last great Slayer album was um, uh, God Hates Us All um, mm. but, but but you're right I think if you look at look at seasons look at South of Heaven and look at Rain in Blood and look at the and look at the bulk of their set. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, and all of the songs that are placed as encores and highlights are all of those yeah. three records. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it, I mean, it's very much the same can be said of Metallica. Like... Even more so. Metallica, like, Hardwired is, is, is a decent Metallica album, right? No, but, fucking terrible. Absolute okay. fucking awful, but that's it's another not, story. It, there's some, there's some, there's some banging tunes on that, right? But Nothing to and this play. is like this is this. So bear in mind that Metallica are my favourite, <laughs> my favourite, my favourite band who are still alive, right? Right. Okay. And then it's Hendrix. Then it's Hendrix. <laughs> and that's it, right? Right. But and and I have I and I am I am very objective when it comes to Metallica these days. Yeah. Hardwired. Sure. I'm like, there's you could you could cut half the songs off and have. A Metallica album that I'm I'm pleased they're making now yeah. doesn't come close to to getting anywhere near what they were doing in the eighties. Mm. But that's because what they're trying to do is make a Metallica album. Yeah. And why I why I think Load and Reload um, have have their place within the canon of <laughs> of music is that those albums, for all their faults and for all their flabbiness and for all their lack of fucking uh, quality control and, and, and yeah. you know so that's a band making the music they want to make at that point and I think that is the only justifiable thing a band can ever do and as soon as you stop doing that as soon as you try chasing what the audience wants as soon as you try doing like we're going to make the album that sounds like the best <laughs> the best of everything we've ever done before that that's completely artistically bankrupt yeah yeah now I, I now I can completely agree there um and also, I think you know you look at you look at albums, and like you said, you're 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 glad that you've got Hardwired now, and Hardwired it's taken all of those other records to end up at Hardwired, um, yeah. which, funnily enough, I um I, I've got to throw this in there while we while we've 
diverged down this alleyway. Um, I, I rediscovered Death Magnetic recently because I finally mm-hmm. got I finally got a hold of the Guitar Hero version, as in oh yeah, the, the one that's not compressed to fuck. Yeah, yeah, and fuck me. I mean, there's that you can hear all the texture. Um, right. You can hear all, and for me. The the actual production itself would have taken away the accusations that oh it sounds like Metallica trying to write a Metallica record, with, right, okay. with that with that That's horrible with that horrible compressed production, doesn't yeah. help. But when you listen to the the guitar the the Guitar Hero version, it's a lot looser. It sounds it it, it sounds a lot more like a Metallica album. There's there's yeah. vocal there's vocal harmonies that you just don't get on the major one. There's, really. Oh yeah, there's also different versions of songs. For instance, suicide, oh. suicide and redemption doesn't fade out. Um, okay. It also you have two versions. You have the Hetfield solo version. You have the Hammett solo version. Because on the because oh. al- on the album you get both of their solos cut in half. That's weird. So okay. it's really. To, to be totally honest with you, I I, I haven't spent much time listening to that record. Um, right. Okay. I, I like I will I will go back and dig it back out again, but it, it I don't know I was I think around the time that was coming out was when I started to do the prep to write my book and I was what I was mainly doing was filling in the gaps in my in my listening and in my knowledge and I'm like eh, it's like fine whatever I'll you know um, it's really it's you know and I've, I think I think having a long perspective on these things is really interesting it's like like I never I never dug Slipknot right and. They they totally have their place, and if I was three, four, five years younger, no doubt I'd love them. Right? <laughs> I'm older, but, and I love them. Well, that's my point. That's exactly my point. Right. You have a wider perspective than me, and for me, I'm like it's just childish. But you are like this is fun. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. For me, it was like oh my god, fucking stupidly heavy, fast riffs and drums are back. Thank God. Yeah. And you and you didn't have you at that point were were past building your identity around music. You'd already done it so much that yeah. you're like, yeah. And I, I, like I was talking to Crush about it, and it, you know, I think he was a sort of saying. Um, and it's like, so my my mate Scott uh, Scott Helland, who was in Deep Wound and the Outpatients, um, a man with with more fucking hardcore pedigree than anybody else I've ever met. Hang on, is um, that two set? Is that two pr- separate bands, or is it Deep Wound yeah, and the yeah, Outpatients? No, no. Deep, so Deep Deep Wound, who um, are one uh, incredibly seminal hardcore band, big influence on grindcore. Um, right. The other two members of Deep Wound uh, went on to form Dinosaur Junior. Oh right, okay. Uh, and the Outpatients was Scott's continuing band um, that he did with his brother. Um, a hardcore band who was doing it at the same time as Deep Wound but I had a much longer life and I mean they played with Black Flag uh, he saw I mean he's seen Dead Kennedy's Mind Threat uh, Brains like I mean he was steeped in it yeah. um, and his his studio he had in New York is the one where Sick of It All filmed the video to Step Down because nice. Sick of It All used to rehearse there and like right. I mean the guy the guy just knows his stuff right and he it Talking to him about any new albums by old bands is really interesting because exactly the same sort of thing about, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, like, he picked up the um, uh, the first Venom 7-inch when it came out and it changed his life, you know? Right. Like, it, and he, you know, he had, he was his to kill them all when there was no <laughs> Metallica albums. And he, like, and, but also he was really into hardcore and playing hardcore and he's just got a cool perspective. He fucking loves 
um, hardwired. Like he's so excited about it because he's like Metallica sound like Metallica again, and he likes it way more than I do. Wow. Um, and it's this this stuff is 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 interesting, and it's and it's it is that. Now, I remember when I was a kid, just thinking, oh, why have these got old guys so cynical and stood at the back folding their arms? And then you fast forward 20 years, and now I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're at the back of the hall going, oh, fucking hell. I mean, I, I saw, um, uh, I saw a, a band third on the bill recently, um, who shall remain nameless. Um, mm-hmm. I, oh, fuck it. Insomnium. And, um, mm. and I just, I tweeted them. As they came off stage, I just tweeted them and said, "Give my regards to Pro Tools. Um, <laughs> they they were spot on tonight. You were fucking shit." Um, it was it, it was just fun. It, and do you know what? It's like it, 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 there's there it, it was. It, I'd much rather see a band up there just be shit. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. just be shit. Yeah. Just be terrible. I have no idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just be fucking awful than a band going up there and doing the exact opposite, sucking because they were so perfect. Can you, you know? imagine what Susie and the Banshees would have sounded like that first gig they did? <laughs> when when literally none of them could play, but they just went up there anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's why they are that band. That's why they got so good. But, you know, bands made out of music teachers. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you know the, the joke I make in, in my book that if you if you bomb a dream theater gig, you kill ninety percent of that town's music teachers. <laughs> <laughs> that town's guitar teachers, sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, no, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the the organic, but this, you know, this is why. I mean, it was interesting actually when I so in my in my late teens and early twenties, I got really into hardcore, um, and I was, you know, I was in hardcore bands involved in the UK hardcore scene and got really deep into it, and then I kind of came back to metal, like through black metal and then getting sort of like reviving my love of death metal and it was really interesting because I came back and I'm like fuck me metal bands are boring to watch you know like just <laughs> they just they're just standing there and playing and there are yeah. of course exceptions and the exceptions are the ones that are amazing you know um, um, absolutely you know, you, you, absolutely I mean you know, I've... suffocation watching suffocation is like watching a Hulk band watching you guys obviously it's like fucking Jesus like because you know I've told you before, you guys on record don't particularly do it for me. You guys live is one of the fucking most enjoyable experiences I've had in metal. It's like, this, <laughs> here we go. This is what it is, you know? Oh, well, that, that, look, that, that's really cool, and thank you very much for that. And do you know what? I think, I think for me, what I've always said is um, when it comes to a live performance, um, you, need, you need, you know, two things, and they kind of beget each other, energy and movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you oh, absolutely, basically, absolutely. if you if the if there's movement on stage, people never look away from the stage because they don't want to yeah. miss what's going on. Yeah. Whereas if you're just I stood absolutely. there, you know, and somebody can turn to their friend and go, "This lot are all right, aren't they?" Yeah. Oh, I hope they do yeah. so and so. Yeah. And then turn around and you're still fucking there. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's it's funny because my you know my band, the men are not bad for nothing. People, people, a lot of people tell us we're the best live band I've ever seen. Right. And we're like, really? <laughs> but it's like the, the, there are four people who have all been obsessed with music. Together we've seen, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of shows. Like, but you know, between us, we have seen yes. so much music. And we all know what makes a good band. And so we do that. And, and quite often it's to the detriment of hitting the right note. <laughs> but yes. like that, that borderline between, can I play well enough to make the song work? 
but can I give these people the best show they're ever going to see in their life? You know? Like, yeah. like sick of it all. Sick of it all and Converge are the two best live bands I've ever seen, right? And both of them, just the continual, relentless movement. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know. It's that thing, isn't it, when people go, oh, your band's really good. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And the reason it's good is because I've set a high bar for it. It's not yes. hard. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to write good music. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem to me to be hard to write good music. There's so much shit music out there. And I always just think, why are you putting so much time into this, into this? Like, I don't get it. You know when you're in a rehearsal room and you hear the band next door, you're like, why? Why is this a thing? <laughs> what part of you is like, yeah, this is, this is worth my time. And I feel this with pop music. I mean, fuck, I feel it with a sort of Avenged Sevenfold at, at Download, right? Oh, it's funny. Um, pop music to Avenged Sevenfold. Very nice move there, yes. And I'm like, this is so cynical. Yes, absolutely. No one in this band would listen to this band. Yeah. Yeah, there's just no way. I saw them in um, I, I saw them at uh, Wembley Arena, and it was like watching a um, it was like watching watching a button uh, them on stage was like watching a bunch of hipsters walk round a mall. Uh, you know, I was fully yeah. expecting one of them to get his phone out and show it to the other one, and then forget that he was supposed to be playing guitar. <laughs> it, it, it 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 was just. So unengaging, so shit. It, it you yeah. know, Pro Tools were clearly doing working overtime as well. Yeah. Um. And no, you're absolutely right. It is. It is. Well, that album, that album that everyone loves, I think, is where uh, Hail to the King or whatever, which is just yeah. a, a homage album, basically. Yeah. I think what I think what happened with metal after after Slipknot, basically is um, the, the the top end of, of metal, the, the, you know, the most commercial end of, of, of metal. And if you like, kind of sort of, you know, within the realms just about of extreme music. Yeah. The, the bands that get on the covers of Metal Hammer and Clan, the industry became very, very, very cynical. And instead of, instead of just finding, and I think, I think people producing music became very, very cynical. And instead of, like we're gonna make the the we're gonna make the record that doesn't exist and we're gonna make it because we want to hear it, or we're gonna make the very best record of this previously existing type of music, right? Which I think are the only two acceptable things to do. Um, they were like, what music can we make to become famous? What yeah. music can we make? And, and the labels are going. They're not signing a band because they're exciting. They're excited about them. I mean, you know, the music industry has always been cynical and bullshit and disgusting anyway but you look at all of those bands like fucking like them like um bullet for my valentine any of any of those bands that take a little bit of this a little bit of that it's so fun it's 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 absolutely corporate pop music yeah you know and it's and it's 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 just weird and the thing is i don't care because <laughs> i've got i can listen to panopticon all day and you know and this is, yeah, this is a one-man band. He doesn't do it for a living because he brews beer for a living. And so, I don't know. It, it, it really feels like the top end. I think I got into metal just, just at the tail end of you know, because the bands, the bands that were big when I was getting into it were Pantera, Sepultura, Machine Head, Fear Factory. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of those bands went shit. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like it was it was the last gasp of bands who were. Who are making music from their soul? 
but ascending to that level. But also, I think you um, you've identified something that happened after that as well. I think um, Pantera and Fear Factory also set the tone and the boundaries for how metal was going to sound as IE be produced for yeah the 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 you know for the ongoing future i mean something i mean um i love the i, I do love the pro, the production uh for all its faults on uh vulgar display of power um yeah. far beyond driven is just yeah bass drums too clicky it's all gone it's all gone very overproduced um yeah. and as much as i love the album because it was incredible at the time because nobody had done anything like it fear factory you know demanufacture I mean, it's, oh, it's so shimmery, but it suits them because of yeah. the futuristic thing. But, oh no, it, it, it absolutely works. But along with yeah. Far Beyond Driven, bands bands from that point just went down that road. It's interesting when I, when I'm playing with um with Reprisal, who, who are the, the backing band for the um for the metal show, and we're sound checking the drums, and I'm like with the, the bass drum, I'm like turn the click down, turn the click down, turn the, you know, yes. because they play, they're in that world of very over overproduced death metal. Which I don't like, um, and and it is always like, oh, no, like make it sound seventies, not not twenty tens. Yes, you know, I want it to sound like um, like fucking mob rules, you know, not yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not suffocation. Well, that's it. I mean, well, you know, clicky bass drums. I think the first time I heard them, first time I remember hearing clicky bass drums and thinking, oh dear, would have been practice what you preach, uh, preach by Testament. Um, right. You know, and that that album just kicks in, and you just go, "Oh fucking hell, what what have you signed off on here?" Um, yeah. uh, which is you know. Anyway, look, getting back get, getting back to Slayer. <laughs> do you do you have do you have any? I mean, uh, I was going to say favorite songs, but I mean earlier you mentioned Post Mortem into Rain and Blood, which is just you know, I mean, that's it's, that's it's one of the moments. Uh, that's one of the moments of nothing, metal. There's nothing better. That's there a day in their life, you know. Yeah, it is just it it, 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 can't, it can't be beaten. I mean, generally, I mean, um, uh, you know, I love I love the directness of stuff like Die by the Sword. Um, I still adore Dead Skin Mask. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the song Divine Intervention. It's about being it's like kidnapped by aliens, man. It's about being abducted by aliens. <laughs> Um, and the I like the, the the horror in his voice, um, uh, but it, it, you really really can't beat that that little suite of uh, postmodern into Rain and Blood, which no. you know, which on every edition I've got, um, Rain and Blood starts, <laughs> you know, halfway through postmortem. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, the um, uh, one one album that I think is is underestimated is I was I I went back to dist, um not on dist, uh, to um, seasons in the abyss which I think you know people remember you know rain and blood a huge impact oh South of Heaven doing something different slowed down a bit and then you kind of got the best of both worlds on season yeah. in the abyss yeah um, agreed but also not only are there big songs on seasons in the abyss but the more you re- listen to the album you realise you know what there's not a fucking weak song on this. No, 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 no. You know, there's just there's some there's some spirit in black, blood red, even the song. Blood red, blood red is so good. This this what I mean. You know, it's a it is a fucking killer album. That album, it really is. Um, It's funny. I was um I was I was watching them a few years ago. I can't remember which band. I think it was probably at the forum, and they were playing 
they played season, seasons in the abyss all the way through and I didn't realise till three songs in and I started getting really excited and then <laughs> the bloke next to me goes what's this song called and I went can't remember and he went but you know all the lyrics I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because like yeah I can't I, I, I'm pretty rubbish with song titles but I know every riff on this record and that's that difference between the kind of OCD blokey way of consuming music which is yeah but you know who produced it well I mean yes Rick Rubin but <laughs> generally I don't know that detail but I you know I enjoy yeah, it was just an, it was an interesting thing but no guys those two albums and I often mix them up actually because I bought them at the same time um, I'm not really good with song titles you know but like they're, they're banging man and they've got that incredible that incredible dry production and that that Rick Rubin thing of one song going into the next and no it's just you know it's it's Slayer are a, are a, a, a cliched band to bring up as an example of heaviness but it's the cliche was earned <laughs> through them basically being the heaviest the heaviest thrash metal bands because you get any heavier and it's death metal yes yeah, yeah any heavier than Rain of Blood and it's death metal which I find amusing that Kerry King's like, it just all sounds the same. <laughs> like, oh, is it too heavy for you, Kerry? And you're annoyed <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, do you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to find. Um, I'm trying to find my ticket from. Um, I think I saw it at the forum as well. You know. Oh yeah. And, I've got it, and, and it's on my. Um, I'm just looking at my wall of tickets at the moment, trying to find... It's got the Fear Factory logo on it as well, that ticket. Ah, really? Yeah. Right, I keep seeing fucking Sepultura popping up and trying to find that Slayer gig. I know I've got it. Right, now, Astoria. Did you go to either of the Astoria Rain and Blood shows? No. No, I missed them, and oh. I'm not happy about it. Oh, mate, yeah. That was... Yeah, they were good. Put it that way. See, this is when this is when you know my career as a comedian starts to really fuck with my ability to watch live music. Uh-huh. Like you know, every now and then I'm just like, "Fuck, man, I've got a gig." I can't, and if you you know, I can't, so I cancelled a gig to see Black Sabbath on their previous tour because I thought it'd be the last chance I had to see him, and yeah. that promoter has never booked me again. Really? Yeah, because I cancelled. I was like. And, and, and I said, just be honest, tell them it's my last chance to see Black Sabbath. But you, you, you start cancelling gigs, and the trouble is, my my shows are booked up usually longer in advance than 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 band shows are announced. And I miss, I just miss so much. But then the, the flip side of that is, you know, on Monday I hosted, I co-hosted the Metal Hammer Golden Gods, and I got to meet Maynard from Tool and fist bumped Ozzy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking swings around abouts, isn't it? Uh, ever so slightly. Right, the only one I've got, believe it or not, is Slayer supporting Sepultura at the Astoria with system oh, wow. of, with a system of a down opening. Oh, amazing. Is that 95, 94? 98. Oh, fuck. With, oh, I went to that. 98? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I went to that show. Yeah, because that's yeah, Slayer with Derek. That's... <laughs> That's got to be the last time Slayer with Derek headlined in a venue that big. Uh, um, Sepultura with Derek. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some, some guy called Derek has joined Slayer. Um, 
Well, look, um, mate, let's leave it there because I have actually got some uh, some questions from subscribers for you. So, um, oh. uh, but hang on, that. But for for now, thank you very much, mate. You're very welcome. A good old chat had there with uh, with Andrew. Um, a, a really, really fascinating, interesting guy. Very funny as well. Um, and um, and that is the that's the end of the first half. Um, as mentioned there, the Patreon subscribers will be getting a Slayer special of their own, as well as uh, the one you're listening to, where they uh, all submitted questions about Slayer for everybody taking part in the special. So they got to have all their own questions asked and got to hear some some other stuff as well. Well, so if you like the sound of that and that's the kind of thing you're into, all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Subscribe for $5 a month, £3.80 in real money. That is less than a pint of beer. And every month you will get a full extra bollo cast with all extra content and also you get the chance to ask anybody who comes on the podcast questions so sound like a deal cool patreon is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash howard h smith if you fancy more bollocks in your ears so um also acid rain fans there's loads of acid rain fan exclusives on there as well and it's all for just five dollars a month folks anyway that is part one over part two is going to be coming up very very shortly well i don't know because I, I, I don't know when these are going to come out actually i'm just recording these and they might well i don't know when they're going to come out I, I can't really expand on that can i um but part two will follow part one this was about what this was part one so part two will follow whenever it follows pretty soon i would imagine but for now that is all from slayer